From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is seven minutes past the hour. Thank you for waking up early in the morning. A lot to cover. Let's get to it. This one should surprise us, but it doesn't. It can't because these radicals, they're capable of anything. Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal of Washington State. She put a tweet up. I presume she got crushed over it and she took it down. She was mourning not only those precious Americans, the innocents that were killed on September 11, 2001. She also was mourning the 19 hijackers. Yeah, this is uh, how sick they are. And She's done it before. It it amazes me that we actually have representatives in such high office that clearly hate our country. Today we remember, and she goes on to this many and killed on 9-11 who lost their lives. And then she says, Uh, and the 19 Arab hijackers. Wow. That's... Even for these lunatics, that's a bridge too far. I guess we'll just leave it at that. What what do you say? Uh, Should I ramble on and on and on about how, how horrific... And take precious time speaking about some loser that doesn't deserve to be in the people's house. Obviously, there must have been something wrong with the post. She took it down. If it was a a good post, you'd leave it. And again, I repeat, this is not the first time that she's done it. Some of the things I saw in response to it, quote, why on earth is Pramila Jayapal, Jayapal, including the 19 radical Islamic terrorist hijackers in the 9-11 death count? This is not a mistake. Pramila Jayapal, a leading House Democrat, regularly mourns the 19 radical Islamic terrorists who declared war on civilization. Hmm. Wow. Okay, enough of that. Here's one to keep an eye on. The Justice Department has approved one of President Trump's picks. They each had, I think, four picks. And that's a good way to do it. You pick four, we'll pick four, and let's see if we can both agree on at least one. The DOJ has agreed to one of President Trump's picks, which tells me, look out. I don't know anything about Judge Raymond Deary. That's D-E-A-R, just like deer. 
i.e., I don't know anything about Raymond Deary except that he's the former chief judge of the federal court in Eastern District of New York and that he was appointed by President Reagan. He is on what's called senior active status. Evidently, he has signaled that he could perform the work expeditiously if appointed by U.S. District Judge Aileen Cannon. So if the Department of Justice wants this person, I'm not I'm, I'm not trying to badmouth the judge. I don't know anything about the judge, but if the DOJ wants him, there's a reason for it. This much I know because they are strategic. They play for keeps. They always want control. So there must be something about Judge Deary and time will tell. Now, I have to say, if you're somebody in the Trump camp, one of his lawyers, uh, a Trump supporter, you have, I mean, I can't be the only one thinking about this. I, I would have preferred the DOJ not wanting any of the president's picks. Because remember, and the Democrat media is very good at this. They will, if this happens and this person gets picked, no matter what they do, of course, unless it goes well for Trump, then just like the media trashes this judge, uh, Aileen Cannon, they'll, they'll do the same to Raymond Deary. But if Deary goes the other way, then they'll be saying, and you can't complain. The Department of Justice couldn't be any more fair. They picked one of your recommendations. What do you want, you complaining, you know, ninnies? They, they picked one of yours. This, it, look, it's, it's brilliant on the Department of Justice's part. Pick one of your adversaries' selections. And what can be said about that? Not a damn thing. Tell you what, my friend Bob Progner, Bob, if you're listening, maybe, uh, see, today's not a good day. We're just jammed. Kurt, well, we could have Bob call in during the hour with Kirk. I'm going to see if Bob, um, a little bit later, is up and about. He texted me last night. Let's see. God, I get a lot of text messages. I thought he would have been one of the more recent text messages. He's like 20 down. Let's see. Okay. Bob Progner's sister-in-law is a good friend of Lisa Gallagher. If you were watching Tucker Carlson last night, Lisa Gallagher, I unfortunately was not. I was doing something else. And I did turn it on at like 8.30, but he was already done that. And then I, d I don't remember what happened after that. I was up for just a little while longer. And uh, that was that. I think I finally got to sleep at around 9.30, which isn't good. Feeling it a little bit today. I wish I would have gotten about another hour sleep. But anyhow, to, to give you this connection here, Bob Progner of Cape May, my friend, and you've heard him on the program Many times, Bob, his sister-in-law, 
is good friends with Lisa Gallagher, who was Tucker Carlson's first guest last night. She's a Trump supporter. She lives in Pennsylvania, and she was interrogated by three FBI agents last week. I'm going to tell you something. This is getting out of control and very un-American-like. I think the FBI descended on something like 61 Trump supporters. They're seizing people's phones. They're interrogating people. Why, why weren't they this interested in the summer of love when people were actually killing people and breaking things and assaulting police officers and burning buildings down? Nothing. But so much interest. Hey, you know, um, I, I wrote the piece uh, on September 11th. Got a, a lot of nice feedback about it. And it was an interesting experience going back 21 years and remembering what was going on then because the media has really spent 21 years making you forget because it's the last time that Americans were actually united. So I posted the, um, the piece on my social media and some, some jerk and his last name is somewhat familiar. I don't remember this one uh, at all, but I think relatives of his, one was a Democrat that was in office for a period of time. I don't think so anymore. And uh, the guy is a real jackass. So I wrote something along the lines, just a pithy little comment, and then I let, I let the column speak for itself. But I wrote, we must not forget. And this jackass writes, who would ever forget? And I broke one of my rules because I don't typically engage because I'm telling you, you should listen to me on this. I almost never do it. But I decided to write, many have. And then this this ass clown and they, because they can't help it. They're sick. He writes something along the lines of, I can't remember the, the, he conflated. It was another wisecrack and then wrote, it's a date no one will forget, like January 6th. For a fleeting second, I was tempted to write, Hey, where were you uh, reporting about the summer of love in 2020 when people were really dying and the violence and mayhem and criminality? You notice these Democrats, they defend or say nothing about that period. But they got it. We got to give it to them. They're really good at it, but don't give them too much credit because they have a lot of help. Anything you ever succeed at. You've got a heavy lift. They got it easy. They got all these Democrat maggots that just r report whatever they say. So they've gotten away with making January 6th insurrection and like the worst thing almost that's ever happened. Look, I've never defended any of the criminals. But this was nothing like what was going on. It wasn't good, but it was nothing 
like the 2020 Summer of Love. But I didn't write it. One and two for a fleeting moment, but I thought it just it just doesn't end. Then the jackass writes something else, and then what am I going to write? Something to that and something to that. So follow my lead, and I'll try to be very, very disciplined about it and not and, and take my own advice. I rarely respond to anything on social media. I just write something and then I let people have their say. Agree or disagree, fine by me. But I knew this guy and I knew the last name and I knew it was a Democrat troll. And the person wrote, who would forget? Who would forget? Who would ever forget? I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. That's all that you Democrats have been trying to do is make people forget September 11th. But you want us to remember January 6th because you're sick. But you don't want to remember the summer of 2020. You don't want to remember that. You're frauds and you're so easy to expose and it gets you crazy. And that's why you write the crazy stuff and say the crazy stuff that you do. And you always have to conflate. What did my polite, pithy comment, we must not forget. And then I had the story below it, link with the picture and the headline and the story, just speak for itself. Something like Atlantic City talk show host, um, live on the air, September 11th. 20, uh, 2001. I just put, we must not forget. And it's important that we don't forget. The further that goes in the rear view, rear view mirror, the more susceptible we are to a terrorist attack again. Only we won't be united the next time it happens. Mark my words. Don't want to Don't want to be able to prove that fact, but I know it's true. We've had a lot of bad things happen, and this country has not been united since 2001 because Democrats found out when the United States of America is united, we don't want them and we don't need them, and they can't stand that. We'll be back. Don't go away. Fox News commentary. Kamala has declared the border is secure, so either you believe her or your lying eyes. I'm Tommy Lahren. More next. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation is building Do Good Village in Lando Lakes, Florida. It's a first-of-its-kind community with over 100 homes for program recipients, a place where Gold Star families, families of fallen first responders, and catastrophically injured heroes can live together with neighbors who understand, a place where the children of these families will grow up together. Help America's greatest heroes and their families to heal together. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Let's try to convince us of a lot of BS lies, but this latest lie from Kamala Harris might be her best one yet. During an interview with Meet the Press, she told anchor Chuck Todd the border is secure. She then, in the same sentence, contradicted herself by saying the immigration system is indeed broken, but that it's Trump's fault. Even NBC's Chuck Todd had a pushback on that nonsense, to which Kamala doubled down saying this mumbo-jumbo, and I quote, We have a secure border in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. Hmm. Need I remind all of you, Kamala is supposedly our border czar and has yet to visit the actual southern 
northern border as borders are. Perhaps that's why she thinks it's secure. That or she's just flat out lying. The population equivalent of Ireland has invaded our southern border since Joe Biden took office. But according to Democrats, somehow that's secure. Well, you know what they say. Democrats gonna Democrat. I'm Tommy Lahren, and you can listen to all of my hot takes at foxnewscommentary.com. Hi, it's Markley and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. It is 27 minutes past the hour. Kirk Conover will join us at 7, Chuck Malamut at 8, and we're expecting Dr. Bob Zlotnick in the 9 o'clock hour this morning. Rasmussen Reports is basically doing what no one else will do. The Democrat media will not poll questions like this. Their dishonesty is dangerous to the republic. Rasmussen polled two questions side by side, basically. I thought this was really smart. They polled the question about President Biden's divisive Philadelphia speech. The poll asked likely voters. Isn't it amazing how Rasmussen actually polls people who actually vote? It's just remarkable. What a what a um, what an outlier. Why not just do what the other people do? Poll more Democrats. Don't poll likely voters. Don't even poll voters sometimes. And then report like it's fact. So Rasmussen polled a thousand likely voters September 6th and September 7th. They asked the question about Biden's September 1st speech where he said, quote, Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. They polled and asked if voters agreed with that. How about this? 80% of Democrats agree with Biden. You are sick and getting sicker. 76% of Republicans disagreed. Independents also disagreed and third party voters. He only had 40% support. It's another way of saying 60% did not agree. On the other hand, and that because of 80% of Democrats and, you know, the way that that they uh, always just agree, no matter how outrageous it is, they, they skew unfavorably any reasonable attempt to ascertain public opinion. So somewhere in a 44 or so percentile, Biden had approval for his slop, his devil-red, ugly speech, hate speech. Jim Jordan, on the other hand, he tweeted something. And it said, Joe Biden should quit blaming MAGA Republicans and get on with working, get to working on the economy he ruined. Interesting to note, 58% of all Americans agreed with Jordan, uh, a superstar, by the way, fan Fantastic. And such a humble, good guy Uh, because of Jeff Andrew and the event that he had. uh, I had the opportunity to actually have some nice quality time there with Congressman Jordan. He was really, um, really a good guy. So 83 percent of Republicans agree with Jordan. 
60% of Democrats, because you suck, disagreed with Jordan. 55% of unaffiliated voters agreed with Jordan. Among the 69% of likely voters that closely follow the news of Biden's speech, he didn't do so good. So the more you pay attention, the worse they are, because they are. They are terrible. We've never had anything like this in America, maybe since the Civil War. That's why we keep coming back to that. But this is a terrible president and a terrible moment in American history. We'll be back in just a moment. We're going to give you three stories that you can follow right now. I want to give you five. I'm going to get as many in as I can. It's 30 minutes past the hour. You can follow these stories on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app or at WPGTalkRadio.com. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. All right, let's see how I do here. Atlanta County Utilities Authority has a special meeting today. I have all the details, and it's on, on the app, on the website. An Egg Harbor City man is sentenced for sexual offenses. This is phenomenal work by the Atlanta County Prosecutor's Office. Check it out. The Auto Plaza at English Creek will close tomorrow after 25 years. Ward's Pastry will close at the end of this week. After 98 years, I'm going to get a fifth in. The Piccadilly Pub will also close in Atlantic City after... From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. This morning is cloudy, humid, foggy in spots, and damp in spots too. But this afternoon will be a very different story. I have to leave the possibility of spotty showers in the forecast through early afternoon, and then skies will clear and humidity levels will drop like a stone. It'll be warm today with a high of 83. Mainly clear tonight, low 61. Beautiful day tomorrow, sunny and seasonable, high of 80. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Hi, this is Joe Cobb. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere, on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, kids. And now for our next uh, lesson, take a load of this. Former CNN anchor, this this horrific Brian Stelter, who, who Tucker Carlson just eviscerates. I don't know if he still does. But let me explain. And it's, and it's so easy. It's, it's just so easy for them. They fail. These are the partisan Democrats that I'm talking about, not good Democrats. I don't know why I need to do that disclaimer. They never do. But they fail miserably and then like a nightmare ending only to return. This is exactly how these awful Democrats reconstitute. No matter how bad they fail, they come back. This jackass, Stelter, is joining the Harvard Kennedy School's Shorenstein Center on Media Politics and Public Policy. He's actually going to be discussing threats to our democracy as a Harvard fellow. Yes, kids, we can't make this stuff up. 
This is just you can't say it's even awful. It's it's expected. This is exactly what you get. This guy was a complete and utter failure. So much so that they canned his partisan ass. And of course, Harvard University safety net scoops him up. Who wants to listen to this jackass talk about threats to our democracy? Really? Unbelievable. He he thinks that this fellowship will bring his reliable sources show back, meaning to the campus, with longer discussions about media and democracy than is possible on TV. Just incredible. So you'll be paying, what is it? I don't even know now, 125000 a year. That's not for four years. It's 125000 or thereabouts. Let's see if Siri knows. How much is the annual tuition to Harvard University? Here's what I found. Okay. Not as bad as I thought. Well, this is two years old. 78,200. Bet you it's more. And I bet you it's especially more. That was right before the pandemic. Bet you it's dramatically more. I'll look that up. See if you uh, agree or disagree with me on this one. I'm really tired of President Joe Biden talking about President Trump. You're supposed to be the president. You're a joke. You're horrible. Every decision you make is wrong. It's it's remarkable. You would think just close your eyes and flip a coin and you could have like a 50% track record over the last 50 years. This guy's wrong 100% of the time. But all he does is take shots at President Trump. Separate item, but similar conduct. He was talking to Democrats uh, yesterday and said that it will be, quote, a difficult two years ahead if we lose Congress. And he said that he would have to be very busy uh, with his veto pen. Hey, I'll, I'll go with that. Status quo until this jackass can be gone. Woo, that would be fantastic. Bring your veto pen out. You won't even remember where you put it. He won't even be able to say, where's my veto pen? Because he doesn't even think like that. He was speaking at a Democratic National Committee reception. Of course, they were in some swanky, the poor party in some swanky Boston residence. Boy, they're, they're so dishonest. This was before a group of about 30 donors and other guests. If we lose the House and we lose the Senate, it's going to be a really difficult two years. This is why the Democrat media 
they're employing. I told you they would because they have nothing. Their record is so bad. They are employing tactics the likes of which we've never seen before. They now trash the American people. There's no boundaries to their behavior. It's unreal. It's surreal. When we come back, Dick Morris has an interesting um, take. He talked about, and, and it expands into a second day of news, and I didn't get a chance to tell you about the first part yesterday, but he said that the FBI took these documents because they're trying to defend themselves. It was such an interesting take. I'll tell you more about that coming up in a few minutes. It's 44 minutes past the hour. Kirk Conover at 7, Chuck Malamut at 8. Uh, we're going to see if Bob Progner can call in at 735. Uh, he has uh, an interesting uh, story with inside information. The FBI is really, I mean, they're going at this thing. Told you a long time ago, Trump, his family members, and many other people, they want to make him so toxic that he can't get a lawyer. They're writing stories now. It's very dangerous to be Trump's lawyer. Why? Why? John Adams was able to be British soldier's lawyer. Lawyer. Look where we are heading as a country. Why would it be dangerous to be true? Because you're criminals and you're coming after people and you've weaponized everything? Could that be the reason? I think so. We'll be back to explore some more. This is Early in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Panda. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Dick Morris brought up something that I hadn't heard anyone else say until yesterday or the day before. When he basically said, and I don't have the exact words in front of me, but he basically said that the FBI's raid was not about what Trump had on, what they had on Trump. It's about what he had on them. thought that was incredibly insightful. And, and I tend to believe that it's completely accurate. Trump thought they were going to, going to destroy certain documents. Then I saw another report about something like 300,000 documents and only like 300 of them were even considered to be an issue. You don't hear enough of that either. They make it like Trump just took all this uh, stuff and like no one's ever done anything like it before. Give me a break. I understand that out of all these documents involving Obama, so many of them are classified. I see. I, I, I take great pride in that I do believe we think about things that others don't. We bring up things that you don't hear anywhere else. I started thinking about, you know, I keep reading stories over the past couple of years uh, about how Harry and Meghan Markle moved to California. So I thought, well, how do they do that? They're not from here. 
How do they just come here and stay permanently? I, I think, and, and don't, don't take this wrong or off-putting, I think you probably have never thought about that before. You're probably thinking, hey, wait a minute. It's a good point, isn't it? These are, just to give you an idea, these are some of the things that I think about. Things that I don't believe others readily do. So this was yesterday, and I I had finished all my digital requirements for the day, and oh my gosh, did we have a big day. Oh, biggest, biggest one day I've ever had. So we were feeling very good about that, and then all of a sudden I started to just think. I just, like, I can't explain it, but my mind was not cluttered. I felt very good about the day, and all of a sudden I thought, and don't ask me why, nothing jogged my memory or anything like that. All of a sudden I thought, how are they here? They just came here and didn't leave. How does that happen? So, of course, when I think of certain things that I have absolutely no background information whatsoever, I've got to start digging. And here's what I came out came up with, although they haven't said this. And again, you always have to go to outside of America because this country is completely corrupt when it involves certain people. The Daily Mail said that he should need a visa, green card, or other approved documentation in order to procure employment. Because keep in mind, Prince Harry's actually working here. He's not just a prince, and he's a prince in name only. He's got no portfolio. He's out. And let me tell you something. If they publish this book that I've been hearing about, then they're really going to be dog meat. But he has evidently two different jobs here in America. And I have some notes here on my phone. Let me see if I have it. Yeah. He's a chief. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Harry Hurley life coach. I can't believe it. He's a chief impact officer for the life coaching organization Better Up. And he has another similar role as that at a California startup dubbed Life Coaching Tinder for Millennials. That's according to the Daily Mail because, of course, you can't get any reporting here in America. So that still doesn't tell you how's he allowed to be here and how well, she's allowed to be here because she is an American, but how is he allowed to be here? Well, maybe you know this, maybe you don't know this, but there's something that is nicknamed Einstein Visa. And it's it's actually officially an O-1 Visa, nicknamed the Einstein Visa, and it gives non-U.S. a citizen who, quote, possesses extraordinary ability in the sciences, arts, education, business, or athletics, or who has demonstrated a record 
of extraordinary achievement in the motion picture or television industry and has been recognized nationally or internationally. Now, I went right to the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services website to get that definition of the O-1. But to be honest, not to be mean, Prince Harry doesn't have any of that. He just was born a prince. I'm not aware of any extraordinary ability. I I thought, and I commended him at the time, he served in the military, and that was great. But so what is this? I'll bet you they they didn't even have to go get it. He just comes here. It's like, what is it, the uh, Raid Motel. Guests check in, but they don't check out. What was the song? The Hotel California? You May Never Leave? Did you ever think about that? Am I the only one that thought about this? How is Prince Harry allowed in America? He has a terrific first name. No prejudice there on my part. Great first name. But he just came and didn't leave for over two years. Fantastic, isn't it? It's good work if you can find it. And it's terrible. It is terrible, and I hope they don't do it, but it is just terrible that they're going to write some uh, dirty tell-all book. Such a shame. I think that that little punk took years off of Queen Elizabeth's life, but she had a great, beautiful, long life. I'll tell you what, everybody should wish probably 95-plus years of her 96. She was spry, with it, physically able. Do you remember the day that she was waiting for President Trump and President Trump got delayed? It was no fault of his own. And she's out in the baking sun with that heavy pocketbook. Looked heavy anyhow. Just waiting there. And she was whatever, 93 at the time? 90, yeah, I think 93. Just phenomenal. Phenomenal woman. One last item before we go to the break. John Lennon's killer. I meant to tell this to Tom Cantone. I'll do it during the break. Mark David Chapman, because they have killers like this, have to have three names. Lee Harvey Oswald. He was never called that, by the way. John Wilkes Booth. There are exceptions, Sirhan, Sirhan. But it's three names because that's just the, um, that's the assassin rule book. Mark David Chapman. He's 67 years old now. He shot and killed John Lennon outside his Manhattan apartment in 1980. He has been denied parole for a 12th time. And this was New York corrections officials. But don't worry. Um, who's the who's the good? Hinkley, uh, John Hinkley. He's a free man because we live in bizarro world. You have to admit it. There's no... There's no denying it anymore. I said it before anybody, but it's where we live. And we've got to 
We've got to, it's like in a maze or something. We've got to figure a way out. Kirk Conover is next. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. It's seven minutes past the hour. Kirk Conover is here. Chuck Malamut next hour. We're expecting Dr. Bob Zlotnick in today's nine o'clock hour, the president and the chief executive officer of Atlantic Prevention Resources. You know, I, I can't say I watched any but i guess technically i did i saw probably two minutes maybe less of the primetime emmys and it couldn't be a coincidence uh trump's name comes up mar-a-lago mentioned by name i mean everything that you can expect and they wonder why their entire industry is just going down the tubes in so many material ways why they continue to alienate half of their potential viewership is just something that i find absolutely amazing but um guarantee you uh when they release the numbers it'll be some hideous lowest uh ratings ever for the primetime emmy awards just awful kirk conover joins us now there's a lot to talk about kirk welcome how are you i'm doing well harry good Glad to be here. Uh, Good to have you here. Dick Morris had an excellent point. He believes the entire raid, he just flipped the whole thing on its ear. He believes that the raid was not about getting what Trump had, but taking from him what he had that could have been used against them. I'm starting to believe that. I don't doubt it. I mean, you you see how uh, integral the FBI and their upper-level operatives were in the Russian collusion hoax. So why wouldn't it be them covering their tracks? You know, he he probably had information that would, uh, you know, call for reorganization of the entire FBI. And, uh, yeah, I, I... I, I consider that a real good theory, a real good theory. Because other than that, it's just a fishing expedition, you know, looking for, looking for the crime, and that's you know unconstitutional. So, I think that's a real good theory. What do you think about President Biden's very divisive speech in Philadelphia? Blood red backdrop, the whole deal. It was uh, the the most disparaging and disturbing address uh, a u.s president has ever given in my lifetime i couldn't agree more and what did you think about the military uh ordered to stand right there in the shot with him when he was delivering a purely political speech i thought it was an abuse of power i thought it was an absolute abomination what are your thoughts 
it definitely was an abuse of power, and it, it's a shame that um, you know those those soldiers had to endure that. It's um, it, it was just a terrible uh, visual. It was a terrible speech. Since when is it the job of the president to uh, demean 50% of the country? Uh, presidents are supposed to take the bully pulpit and inspire people. Uh, the only other speech I can remember that even came close to something like that was Jimmy Carter's Malay speech. But he, but that was I, – I, I know why you just said that, but I'm going to push back on that. That was not in the same league. That was dour. Uh, he created terms that never existed before. I guess you could say he did put the American people down a little bit by saying something like, you know, put a sweater on, you know, uh, and turn the thermostat down, kind of like Gavin Newsom uh, stuff. But this was a full frontal attack on half the country. Yeah, and I think it just ties in with uh, the fact that I think his dementia is progressing. I mean, it's this uh, is one of the 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 key uh, symptoms of progressive dementia. Is you get angrier and angrier and angrier, out of character. I mean, he used to be good old Joe, you know, slap on the back, a laugh, a, a smile, and what we've seen in, in the 19 months he's been president is a uh, a slow slide down, you know, the angry slope. And uh, it doesn't... Do you, Kirk, do you marvel at the fact that the American media knows they know more than we know? And I'm sure there have been even a few insiders that are starting to tell members of the media, but they they need they needed to get Trump out and they need to keep him from coming back. So they're all conspiring to cover the fact, cover up the fact, not cover, cover up the fact that the president is not with it. That is uh, that is astounding. It's stunning to me. It is uh, just part of, you know, the way the media in our era operates. They were uh, brainwashed and, and indoctrinated by the left-wing professors who came out of the 60s. The radicals of the of the 60s, you know, Bill Ayer said it, they, they knew that they couldn't create a revolution, so they went into education. And that indoctrination has now been um, shown full force by the so-called uh, journalists of our era. They uh, agree with the left-wing agenda. They want socialism. They really believe that, uh, you know, the elite few know better than the rest of us uh, rabble out here. Mm -hmm. And they'll do anything to keep that agenda moving forward. And, you know, Friedrich von Hayek's famous book, uh, The Road to Serfdom. They want they see us on the road to serfdom and they agree with it. Unfortunately, what they don't realize is whenever there's socialism of any form imposed on a society, the first thing that goes is the unions and the press. Uh, they're replaced by government-sanctioned uh, uh, newspapers and... Uh, yeah, state media. Vision, state media. And uh, 
you know, they're they're foolish enough that they they don't even consider that. They they think the uh, path to a left wing government, all imposing government, is is the way society should be organized. And that, like I said, that comes from their uh, higher education. Yeah, Kirk, Kirk, let's get our break in. I want to further this. You can finish the thought when we come back. And I want to push this further to what I think it's all about. That is that they have a nearly two-year record that is completely indefensible. And they have decided that the only way, the desperate way that they could try to keep control of the Senate and maybe a miracle if this if this scam this strategy were to work that they could somehow hold on to the house which is not going to happen was to do what they've done and that is to scorch the earth and this complete misdirection and conflation and this whole phony narrative of of remember they were maga then they became ultra maga then they became extreme maga I don't know what's next. It's got to be horrible, but I do believe, and I want to talk about this when we come back, Kirk. They polled it. They polled that speech. I shared one of the poll results, but they do their own internal polling. That's why the president, oh, no, no, I wasn't talking about all, oh, no, no, I was no, no, no. Then, of course, Corrine Jean-Pierre doubles down, triples down on all of it. I mean, they're, they're, they're so just disjointed. They're all over the place in terms of messaging, I guess, because they have no message. There's no policy. There's no strategy. There's nothing except to continue to borrow and spend. A lot to talk about with Kirk. We'll be back in a little bit. Here's Sean Hannity. Waking up on the right side. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. Americans spent more on taxes in 2021 than on food, clothing, and health care combined, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So last year, once again, Americans spent more on, more on average on taxes than they did on their food, clothing, and health care combined. Think about that. American consumer units spent an average of 15495 bucks on food, clothing, and health care, while paying an average of $16,729 in total taxes to federal, state, and local governments. You think there's something wrong with that? From coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, it's the Sean Hannity Show. War, inflation, and $30 trillion in debt. It's looking like 2008 all over again. Millions of Americans watch their retirement savings disappear, while those who invested in physical gold and silver were protected. And if you have $50,000 or more in your IRA, 401k, or savings, you could be at risk again. Right now, thousands of Americans are using an IRS loophole to add physical gold and silver to their retirement savings. So call 855-815-GOLD to get a free gold kit and learn how you could get $10,000 or more in free silver to protect your retirement savings. Gold Co. has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and they have placed over $1 billion in precious metals. We could be looking at a recession worse than 2008, so don't wait. Call Gold Co. today. 
today. Call 855-815-GOLD. That's 855-815-GOLD. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thanks. 21 minutes past the hour, visiting with Kirk Conifer. Uh Kirk, you were talking right before the break. I want to give you a chance to finish, then I have a follow-up, which I sort of teased right before the break. Go right ahead. Well, I was uh, just sort of meandering a little bit, but I think the conclusion to my thinking is we have to realize that in the 19 months of the Biden administration that we are governed by basically idiots. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have nothing to show for what they've done. All they've created are these huge government spending programs. And they don't even acknowledge that the $4.5 trillion in spending since he became president has created inflation, which is the most insidious tax on working people and, and the middle class that you could ever have. And, uh, you know, that's why they're so vicious, because they have nothing to stand, stand on. And the other reason that this inflation is, is so insidious is, I've talked about this before, the velocity of money. Dollar spent in January gets respent six and a half times uh, over the course of a year. So this money is still being uh, thrown out there. The Fed, you know, financed it with digital dollars. And they just don't see that they've made a major error here. And I don't think any of these cabinet people are smart enough to to uh, come up with a plan to do anything about it. They're relying on the Fed. And the Fed has limited options because they've been uh, creating these digital dollars for so long. They only have raising interest rates. Um, and, you know, it's starting to take effect. I just saw uh, on uh, Fox Business Channel that uh, 30 major corporations are announcing thousands and thousands of layoffs. And that's what, so it starts. You know, we've had two uh, quarters of uh, GDP contraction. Uh, we've got the high inflation. It, look, it does look like it probably is off, but it's still at a, such a high level. If we measured it the way we did in 1980, we'd be at 17, 18%. You know, that's almost third world. So they're my random thoughts. I just, um, he's, he's a, a placeholder put there by, you know, the power elite that uh, actually are behind the scenes calling the shots. And it all is to make us more dependent on government and pave the way for top-down uh, rule in this country. And that's not in the American uh, psyche. Uh, you know, it's a nation of rugged individualists, entrepreneurs, and uh, they're basically destroying, trying to destroy all that. Well, see, see if you buy into my theory, Kirk. Uh, it seems so just transparently obvious. So no... no uh, not expecting any uh, attaboys or congratulations for this observation. I think it's just obvious that this is what's going on. Their record is terrible. They cannot run on anything that they've accomplished. So they, they purposely 
did this raid thing of President Trump. Biden lied. Jean-Pierre lied. They said that they had nothing to do with it. When National Archives wrote a letter at the request of the president, the FBI can have access to these records because they wouldn't have been able to do it otherwise. The president is the architect. Not only is it a lie that he didn't know and that he had nothing to do with it, he's the architect of the whole damn thing. So this was their way of bringing Trump into the midterm elections. Kirk, it's it's so obvious, isn't it? Absolutely. It's definitely their strategy. You make Trump the issue, and then uh, the individual candidates for Congress and Senate uh, on the Democrat side, that's that's what they can run on. And they get Republicans fighting with each other. Uh, I remember I had a caller the other day, uh, and he was starting up with, you know, DeSantis and, and Trump. I said, don't you get it? I said, that's what the other side is doing. If Trump runs, DeSantis can't beat him. Why are Republicans fighting with each other? If Trump doesn't run, DeSantis will be a great candidate that I can support. Why are Republicans fighting with each other? It's so stupid. Yeah, the Democrats just want to stir stir the pot, create chaos, uh, hide behind uh, you know all all people that support Trump are bad. And their policies are bad. And when actually it's becoming painfully obvious that Trump's policies worked, they worked beautifully. 1.4% inflation, 6% growth, lowest unemployment across all uh, demographics. And, you know, basically the pandemic hits. But it was the big blue states that wrecked the economy with the lockdowns, wrecked the supply chain. And that's part of the Democrat record. If, you know, and I got to tell any, no, not that anybody's tuning in to listen to me for political advice, but if you're running as a Republican against a Democrat, you've got to put that out on the table every single day. Democrat Party led by President Biden, has destroyed a perfectly good economy. Instead of build back better, it should be, you know, just make build it back to the way it was. So, I don't know. I think the pendulum is swinging, but yeah, you're right. They have to create chaos because they're abject failures when it comes to economic policy, domestic policy, and foreign policy. Yeah, it must be terrible if you think about it. Everybody out there, just ponder for a moment what you do for a living or if you're retired, the projects that you assign your time to, charity or otherwise. You could tell great stories, truthful stories of feeling accomplished, of getting things done, of making a difference. They don't have one good accomplishment to be able to campaign on. I think that that must be a horrific existence, Kirk. It's terrible. They uh, started this, you know, uh, on uh, January 21st of uh, 2021. And it was all based on repealing and reversing everything that Trump did. That is not the way to run a country, 
it's not the way to run a business. I mean, you don't see CEOs come into corporations and say, I'm going to reverse everything that my predecessor did. Right. Uh, they come in, they actually see what is working, maybe tweak a little bit. What can we do better? What can we do differently? Maybe put their own stamp on it, but they don't come in and blow the, you know, tear the house down. Kirk, we're at the halftime break. Don't go away. Much more in just a little bit. Chuck Malamut will join us in about 35 minutes. Dr. Bob Zlotnick is on the schedule today for today's nine o'clock hour. I'm going to share with you now three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. The reason I'm doing the interest, uh, the intro before the, uh, the very sweet music bed plays with me uh, is because that's all timed out. And I, don't, I not only want to get three stories that you can follow right now on the app and on the website in, I'm going to try, I did it, I did it an hour ago. I'm going to try to get five in. It takes discipline. It takes talent, kidding, and it takes uh, pace that I think I can handle. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. The Atlanta County Utilities Authority has a special meeting today. We have the purpose. Uh, check it out. An Egg Harbor City man, great work by the Atlanta County Prosecutor's Office. An Egg Harbor City man has been sentenced for sexual offenses from years ago. Uh, Long arm of the law, many, many years in the making. The Auto Plaza at English Creek will close seemingly forever after tomorrow's uh, business. Ward's Pastry closing after 98 years. And the Piccadilly Pub in Atlantic City will close soon after. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Today is a cold front day, starting with clouds and some more raindrops possible, ending with the start of a trend toward cooler, drier weather. Spotty showers are possible in South Jersey through early afternoon. Then skies will clear and it will turn breezy, high of 83. Humidity goes away tonight, mainly clear, low 61. Sunshine and 80 tomorrow, sunny and breezy and 78 Thursday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I need to know, so I'm going to start listening to Hurley in the morning. I think it's good advice. I urge you to take that advice. 37 minutes past the hour with Kirk Conover, Chuck Malamut in less than half an hour. Uh, 27 minutes-ish. We have uh, Dr. Bob scheduled for the... Nine o'clock hour. Didn't talk to Bob, so uh, he's usually, you know, right on point. Uh, if not, we'll uh, we'll do what we do better than anyone else. We'll have bonus open for him. But I do expect Dr. Bob. Kirk, I want to get your reaction to this. This is where we are as a country. A woman left a bunch of threatening messages to U.S. District Judge Aileen Cannon, who obviously now is guilty of you know, the worst crime uh, in American history, and that is uh, that she supports uh, Donald Trump's rights, that, that there should be a special master just to make sure everything was done copacetic and that they don't have any attorney-client privilege documents, which we know they do, and just, just to, you know, a referee. This is, treating Trump fair is considered a crime, but this is, this is where the other side is at right now. She left a message 
Donald Trump has been disqualified long ago and he's marked for assassination. You're helping him, ma'am. Oh, it continues. I am also Trump's hitman. So consider it a bullet to your head from Donald Trump himself. Another message. You. Expective. Up one expective thing for me. I'm going to take my ass to expective. Yeah, I can say ass, but I can't say the expective. Florida. And I'm going to personally throw a bullet to your expective head in front of your kids. This is normal, isn't it, Kirk? It's sick, and it's um, uh, the unhinged left, uh, you know, the protesting in front of the Supreme Court justices' homes and making threats to them. But, but they, say, they say we're angry. We're not yelling at anybody. We're not calling anybody names. We're, we're not denying anybody their right of freedom. We're, we're not trying to weaponize any uh, apparatuses of government. Uh, we're not doing any of that stuff. They're guilty of everything and more that they are throwing at the other side. Yeah, and uh, Slow Joe called us semi-fascists, you know, their behavior. The left-wing ideologues' behavior is exactly what, what goes on in fascist countries. They create chaos on the streets. And then the authoritarian comes out and says, I'll solve all this if you just keep me in power and, and give me, uh, you know, the power to, to run the government. I'll solve all this. Yeah. But, yeah, they are. Yeah. They are Joe, the- Joe can't change his Depends diapers, but he's going to cure cancer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, Harry, it is your favorite term, bizarro world. Ah. And, unfortunately, um, you know, we, we have to soldier through it and we have to stand and fight and take back the reins of power to, to stop this. Like, what do you what do you think about I, I was hoping that Bob could call in and I'm assuming that maybe he's slept in because he always returns my text messages. So I don't think we're going to hear from him. And I know him. He's going to then want to come in later and I'm not going to be able to do it because we're booked. But uh, his sister, his wife's. Let me get this straight. I think it's his sister-in-law has a friend who was the first guest last night on Tucker Carlson's show. Let me get the um, the provenance of this whole thing. Give me a second here. There he is. Bob wrote me yesterday at about ten of seven p.m. My sister-in-law's good friend Lisa Gallagher will be Tucker's first guest tonight. She's a Trump supporter that lives in Pennsylvania and was interrogated by three FBI agents last week. Here's what they're now doing, and had her phones, I think, checked and stuff like that. If an anonymous complaint is filed with the FBI that you were at the Capitol on January 6th, they are coming heavy-handed at innocent Americans. I saw that interview, and yeah, that is a very frightening turn of events. The fact that some you know, loony left-wing neighbor could just place a call and put you in the crosshairs of the FBI. That is... But the fact they're behaving this way, why weren't they this aggressive during the summer of love in 2020 when Biden and Harris were bailing out criminals so they could come out and commit more violent crime? I'm pleased to report Bob is here. 
uh, and we're going to bring him on right after the break. This way will be uninterrupted until the top of the hour. So the providence of all this is this came to my attention uh, and I need both of you to help me on this because unfortunately I was hoping that maybe something changed with the schedule. I didn't tune in Tucker until 830 and he was on to something else by then. But this is the deal. Bob's sister-in-law is good friends with Lisa Gallagher, who was Tucker's first guest last night, a Trump supporter that lives in Pennsylvania and was interrogated by three FBI agents last week. And ladies and gentlemen, this isn't this isn't, as Obama would say, a construct. This isn't isn't some abstract theory. This heavy handed crap is going on. If some nutbird says that you were at January 6th at the Capitol, you're going to get. They've done it, I think, to 61 people recently. They're just coming after people. And this has to stop this weaponizing of our functions of government, the judiciary, the Department of Justice, the FBI. This has to stop. It is so dangerous. It's, it's beyond, really, uh, the spoken word. It's beyond comprehension. All right, Bob, tell us about this when we come back with Kirk and Bob. I am early in the morning. Life is hectic here in South Jersey, but one thing you don't have to worry about is missing the information you need while you're running around doing a zillion things. That's why WPG Talk Radio 95.5 brings you everything you need to know in six minutes at the top of every hour. National headlines from Fox News Radio, South Jersey News, and your local AccuWeather forecast all in six minutes. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, Sean. It is 48 minutes past the hour. I know this is going to be very interesting. Kirk is here, and uh, we bring Bob into the uh, into the program. Bob, tell us about Lisa Gallagher and what's going on here. Well, Harry, just a small correction. She, Lisa actually lives in, in New Jersey. I, I, I was wrong about, you know, when I texted you that, that, about Pennsylvania, but that's okay. really irrelevant. Right. Yeah. That's really ir- irrelevant, actually. I know, but I love the way our side, I mean, we don't let anything that's wrong just hang out there. The other side lies big and dirty and wrong, and they, they won't correct anything. And here, we, a, a commonwealth that touches our border, uh, we begin with a correction. Bob, I absolve you from your sin. Please continue. <laughs> well, well I, I hope the uh, Biden administration ab- absolves me from, from the sin of uh, being a big-time Trump supporter, because that's apparently, that was Lisa's sin. Uh, yeah. She, uh, yeah, she's a basic normal person, uh, uh, loves President Trump, loves his policies, uh, she and my sister-in-law visited Mar-a-Lago a couple times for a charity event. Uh, we're you know, we're in the same circle of we, we have a, a we do a text group. So who knows, Harry? I may get a knock on my door. I mean, who who knows? This is scary. This is really scary. This Soviet era political politicalization of the justice department yeah this is this is stasi i mean this is really getting completely out of control uh did you find out how she was treated was the fbi uh kind and gentle were they heavy-handed uh how, how did they conduct themselves well you know 
they scared the hell out of her. They 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 knocked on her door. Uh, three agents, real early, early in the morning. It wasn't Roger Stone early, like mm-hmm. six or, or five in the morning, but I think it was around eight eight or so, maybe seven thirty in the morning. Uh, knocked on the door. Uh, her daughter came and got her. Uh, they told her that they had an anonymous tip from from the uh, they didn't ident- the tipster apparently was never identified, and they sent three FBI agents to interrogate her. The tip was that she was at at, uh, at the Capitol on January sixth. Uh, she was nowhere near the Capitol. I think she was at, at her home in Naples, Florida, and in, in you know, at that time of the year, and she proved it. She was able to prove it after. A long time. I mean, she had to reconstruct where she was, uh, and you know, it. She and these FBI agents. I mean, I. I it, it's to me, it's just shocking, absolutely shocking, based on an anonymous tip that they would expend those kind of resources, and you know, put this poor woman through God knows what. You know, she thought she thought she'd get the same treatment that. A lot of people accused of, of the January sixth. Uh, so yeah, she could she so could have she could have been duck walked out of there. I mean, it's right, really right. it's right. getting it's getting so crazy. Evidently, fifty one or sixty one people last week uh, got the same type of treatment, and some even worse uh, because they're Trump supporters. They want to make Trump completely toxic, where he can't even get a lawyer. They're putting out propaganda in, in Democrat rags that lawyers for Trump better watch out. It's very hazardous to your health to be Trump's lawyer. I mean, this is incredible what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I've got to give I have to give Lisa Gallagher a lot of credit for going on Tucker's show, because who knows with, with the type of, of politicalized, you know, the. Justice Department with the radicals in, in Biden's administration. I mean, who knows? Who knows what she, she could be led away this week? I mean, who knows what these people are capable or, or of? Or an IRS audit. I mean, there's a, they've weaponized everything, Bob. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this... I, I could, you know, this was something that was unimaginable a few years ago. Like, like everything else the far left has put on us. I mean, the, the uh, you know, teaching you know, gender identity to first and second graders. I mean, come on. You know, and, and, you know, the, I read actually um, some of the things they're teaching in these early grades where if any adult outside of the classroom read that to children, say, hey, come on over here. Come sit down next to me. Come right here. If you read that to a child, you would be arrested. You would be a Megan's List registered offender for the rest of your life. You would be going to jail. I want to know how they're allowed to teach this. <laughs> you know, you know, Harry. It, th- this, yeah, th- this just you know, where our country is headed. Just it, <laughs> under this administration. I mean. You know, uh, unless we fight back at the ballot box, and, and I'll tell you, 
our friend Seth Grossman has a sign in front of his office there. It says you need to do more than just vote. And that's right. We, we really need to do more than just vote. You well, know, they're ju- Bob and Kirk, they're trying to fake everybody out. The, the New York Times finally came clean and said, uh-oh, it's really looking bad for the Democrats. For about the past month, they've been trying to make it look like the Democrats are winning. They are not winning. Uh, you know what, Harry, the, the suppression polls, that they, they, they keep using them, even though we know that they're, they're total garbage. They're still using them, and, and the, 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 the press is the willing accomplice. You know, the, the, all these candidates for Senate are, are so far behind, right? You've got this freak in Pennsylvania, this Fetterman. You've got the— Could, uh, could you imagine if there was a Republican? This guy is unwell, and I don't wish that on anyone. Uh, the couple of times, because Oz has smoked him out, the couple of times he's been seen, it, he's like Biden— I mean, th- this guy can't conjugate a verb. It's it's really, really scary. Uh, he looks scary. Uh, I can't even imagine how in the world is this guy even close. Well, well, you know, Harry, his his appearance and his speech impediments, and all, you know, th- those those are, are are just they pale in comparison to his absolute far-out left ideology he might be one of the most radical people in american history i mean this guy's talking about opening up the jails of all murderers and he considers it the most important thing that he can do and he will use every bit of power that he has in order to be able to do that now he's he's captured on audio and video saying that and and you know harry he's 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 supposedly competitive because fundraising is going way against our our side it's true i mean he's he's out spending us significant i mean significantly the same was true of the race in arizona this this fraud mark kelly Ugh. is outspending a, a great young candidate a great great candidate in blake masters outspending them you know 10 to 1 Democrats have done a few things uh, this election season. They they have they've raised a lot of cash in these in these important battleground type determinative races. They also have been spending money supporting certain Republicans. Uh, they're they're up to a lot of no good stuff right now. Well, you know it doesn't look or. We can't complain like Mitch McConnell complained about the quality of the candidates. That was terrible. We can't. We can't do that. You know, what, Rick, what, Rick Scott has been fantastic. Yeah, and he's got Mitch McConnell working against him. Mitch McConnell wants the Republicans to lose. He'd rather be in control of a minority party than be be, you know. And not have control of a majority party. True. That's, that's basically what it is, isn't it? Yeah, let me give Kirk a final comment. Final minute, Kirk, uh, and then we'll give Bob a closing comment. Go, Kirk. Well, you guys are on to something. You know, this, this left-wing ideology is um, marching forward, and they're using every lever of power they can. I read that they're also having uh, SWAT raids on Trump supporters. Yes. Um, you know, loons calling in saying, this guy's got guns, he's got this and that, and he's going to do this, and boom, SWAT team shows up. 
And this is all, you know, paving the way for um, basically the They're actually trying to get somebody killed is what they're trying to do. The, the term, and I learned about it about a year ago, I wrote a piece about it, it's called swatting. Uh, and that's when you lie and you say that a murder has happened. I heard gunshots, a murder. Somebody has weapons. And they're in there killing people. And then people come in guns blazing and they're trying to get you killed. Who's the congresswoman they're trying to get killed? I've interviewed her. Is it uh, Kat uh, Kamek? Is that the one? It's Marjorie Taylor Greene. Correct. Trying to- they're trying to get her killed. Bob, 30 seconds, closing comment. Well, look, you know, we, we've got a choice here, this this election cycle. Uh, you know, if we don't support these candidates, and I mean financial support, look, this Biden administration is going to have a green light to continue this kind of political repression. What kind of country are we going to have left? They're going to get rid of this. Look what this Fetterman said. He wants to get rid of the filibusters, open up the jails, continue the open borders, down, down, you know, on our southern border. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, re- switches the green energy to cars that yeah. cost. And then they tell you not to charge your car. You can't have a gas-powered car. Get an electric car, but you can't charge it. I mean, they're they're insane. They're clinically insane. Kirk and Bob, thank you both. Atlantic City, WENJHD3, Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. It's seven minutes past the hour. Chuck Malamut is here, and this program is presented by Chuck Malamut, a financial advisor at Morgan Stanley. The information, views, and opinions expressed are those of Chuck Malamut and do not necessarily reflect those of Morgan Stanley or its affiliates. They are current as of the date of this broadcast and are subject to change without notice. Neither the information provided nor any opinion expressed herein constitutes a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. This presentation is for informational purposes only. Morgan Stanley, Smith Barney, member SIPC. Chuck Malamut, good morning. Morning, Harry. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. Uh, quite humid out there. Extremely humid. Ooh. So just uh, good, good to know. a word to uh, to your listeners. Uh, <laughs> you walk out there, you can start sweating in a heartbeat. Interesting. But, it was, it was, uh, but I come out very early. It was not humid when no, I came out. No, but it's, it's yeah. Uh, yeah, sun's out. I mean, beautiful day. Look, it's this. Yeah. Take it. Not not a great month for the stock market, the month of September, but a really great month for weather here at the Jersey Shore. There's no doubt about that, Harry. So um, let's get into it. We have a fair amount to cover today. Uh, let's start with the market update. Last week, uh, U.S. equities rallied. S&P was up about 3.7%. Uh, Three-week, three straight weekly declines. Uh, we've, we broke that trend uh, last week. Um, and there were a number of reasons, over, over, significant oversold conditions in the market. Uh, you know, a lot of discussion around inflation. We'll get to that a little bit uh, later in our discussion today at 830. You know, all eyes on on CPI. The indications are obviously it's going to, hopefully going to be down from a month ago. And then uh, 
And then labor market data that we received was firmer and better. Um, Treasury sold off sharply as expected. Yield curve is flat. Harry, you can buy a one-year, two-year, three-year. I mean, these rates are pretty much identical across the board right now. Uh, Best sectors for the week, as you would expect, which were the worst ones previously, consumer discretionary materials and the worst sectors were energy, which was uh, up ever so slightly, and consumer staples, which were up about 2%. So when you look at you know, what we've accomplished, you know, uh, last week the winner was truly the NASDAQ up 4%. But year to date through Friday closed, best performing indice was the Dow was down 10%, uh, S&P down about 14 and then NASDAQ about, down about 20 and international stocks about the same, down, down about 20 Best-performing sectors year-to-date, energy, uh, still the leader, up almost 50%. Utilities up 10 Consumer staples down about 3 And the worst-performing sectors, as you would imagine, communication services, information technology, and consumer discretionary down anywhere from 19 to 29%. I know we talk about this all the time. The, US, the 10-year U.S. Treasury, uh, as I mentioned a minute ago, was down for the week, and year-to-date's down about 13%. And very seldom, I, I, Harry, I should say, very seldom, I've never seen in my career uh, where you've had both um, the S&P, I'm sorry, both the, the indexes, the equity indexes, and the, and the fixed income markets down at the same time. Mm, very so, interesting. So, I guess when one is down, the other's usually uh, Yeah, I mean, that's that's the way it's supposed to be. And, 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 and Is this just bad news is uh, so impervious? It's It's just across the board? I think so. It was just, you know, we. it's just so amazing. You flip the page, you know, back in the end of December and things were looking pretty good and all of a sudden the market sells off. Yeah. More bad months than good months, obviously, so far this year. Uh, we had a good rally in middle of June to the beginning of August. August was not a great month in the markets. And now the flip, this switch has flipped and we're up again. Uh, and actually, Harry, when you look at yesterday's action, Stocks were up for the fourth uh, consecutive day. The NASDAQ uh, led the way. In- investors are now going back from less risky assets to riskier assets. So if you think you have this figured out, y- y- what you might want to do is, you know, it's like in the beginning. Guess again. Of, no, you know, in the beginning of the year, you oftentimes encourage your listeners to write down your sort of wish list mm-hmm. and where you think you're going in mm-hmm. in the world and what you want to accomplish. I mean, we, we oftentimes say, write down where you think the market's going to be. I, I, I mean, that's a pretty telltaling piece of paper when you open it back up for the most part, because yeah. chances are you're probably going to be more wrong, <laughs> uh, more wrong than right. Uh, but, you know, you know, it would two weeks ago, if I were to tell you, Harry, the NASDAQ is going to perform better than any other index, you would look at me and say, Chuck, you know, you have three heads. What are you, what are you talking about? But um, the NASDAQ yesterday up 1.3%, the four session. Now, remember we always talk about spending time in the market versus time in the market. The last four sessions, the NASDAQ was up almost 6.5%, Harry. Um, you know, Investors are again. We're looking. We're about eighteen minutes from from uh, you know from the eight thirty uh, the eight thirty announcement. If we get that that big inflation report, it was the projection eight percent. Is that what eight I heard? Point. Um, give me eight point one. Harry okay. is the projection. Is the indication? Yeah. So, you know, st- stock prices you know have rallied since the beginning of last week. 
either investors were thinking, well, maybe inflation's not going to be um, as persistent as was feared earlier in this year. Uh, maybe we made we made that high, you know, in, back a couple months ago, and we've been trending down. And I heard your news on the way in. I don't know how many consecutive days the price at the pump is has come down, and it's been a lot of days. Uh, yeah. Big big fanfare down a dollar sixty one, the average you know the average price per gallon. But I I think what gets sort of lost in that discussion is well, you know where was gas prior to the start of all this? Yeah, it's a lot. It was a lot lower. Chuck, before we get to Monday, September twelfth, just as a reminder, to and we'll I'll. This comment will take us into the break. I want to get a quick comment from you about it, though. September 11th, 2001 was a Tuesday. You and I did the 8 o'clock hour. You left, and then everything changed forever. The terrorist enemy actually hit at 846, uh, but we didn't have a report about it until the CBS News at the top of the hour. Then the entire 9 o'clock hour, 21 years ago, I just riffed on whatever I could find that was going on in real time, and it was um, it was surreal. But before we get to September 12th, that's where you and I were September 11th, 21 years ago. You were right where you are right now. Technically, we had the different studio um, one down, but we were right here, and... Nothing has ever been the same since. Still, uh, no, it is TSA. It's, it's every, not, everything, absolutely. I mean, you take. A, I mean, we were closed for. And I, I think you said it the other day. We were closed for upwards of a week, which is the unprecedented. Market, market's never been closed. And then, the what's week, the rule? You can't be closed for more than how what? three days? Yeah. I mean, you think about it. You're closed. You're closed um, Thanksgiving Day. Uh, you know, Friday of after Thanksgiving is, is a half a day. Very, very quiet. But if you were closed for Thanksgiving, it would be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So you open, and the market is open on that Friday. Uh, extenuating circumstances, I mean, we've seen it before, uh, not very often. But, yeah, we were closed for a week. It was, I mean, all of us. Surreal. Remember, was, I mean, they hit, you, you think about all the things they hit. They hit symbols of power. But they also knew that that was our financial hub. They hit us right there, knowing they'd also take down our financial markets and hoping hoping to not only take loss of life, but Michael, if you could wait for a second, um, not only taking loss of life, but also trying to hurt us in any way they could. Any way they could. Any way they could. And, and, and you know, think about it. You know, we, no sports, no, no aircraft, no, I mean, no planes. I mean, the economy was at a stand, basically at a dead stop. I mean, people, you think about, you know, if you're in the, if you're in the path and and we are, you know, from um, from ACY. Yeah. You hear planes all day, but you don't think about it. Well, think about. And then all th- of a sudden, now, there's nothing. That's where F-16s would scramble from. Right. But right. I mean, you, but you heard nothing. For, I know. It went on for days. It, oh, was, it, was, it was. I think for all of us, it was yeah. very, 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 very scary. Eric. We're going to be right back. A reminder for all of your financial planning needs. Turn to Chuck Malamut, the official, the exclusive financial advisor for the Hurley in the Morning program, 609-383-2010, 609-383-2010. And if I've inspired you to call Chuck Malamut, please tell him that. This is with Chuck Malamut, I am. Hurley in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. 
set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you and welcome back. It's 20 minutes past the hour with Chuck Malamut, all about your financial matters. Early in the morning on the job, we were mentioning right before the break, 21 years ago, September 11th, Chuck and I, we were right here. We were actually broadcasting and no one knew yet. And all of a sudden, Chuck left. The, the end of his program happened. And I'm, I'm now listening to the CBS News say that a small plane has struck one of the World Trade Center towers. They didn't even know it was a North Tower. They didn't know it was a commercial airline. And my goodness, did, uh, did so much change. But even through that, Chuck, it, remind me um, if, if I'm correct about this. There was a big push. President Bush put money into the hands of all the American people. I think everybody got like $500. It was buy American. And it was buy an appliance, buy, buy a stove, buy a dishwasher, buy American. And we rallied very well, didn't we? Uh, Harry, if my memory serves me correctly, the market did not get off to a good start when it, yeah. re- when it reopened. It Understandable. Took, uh, it, it, it took several weeks to get back on firmer footing, but we ultimately did recover. Uh, it was pretty remarkable um compared to compared to the the things that we look at today there's no doubt about it so from september 11th to monday september 12th where do we go from here yeah so harry is as we mentioned uh before the break uh you know we we talked a little about yesterday about about 1.6 percent in the nasdaq which was the best of the group but i I think now we are about eight minutes uh from countdown which is it's all about CPI. I mean that number. That number is due today. The and, for, ex- and for those listening, we'll report that to you right after the bottom of the hour break, so you don't so have to. So the the economists are forecasting eight point one percent year over year increase. Uh, it was up eight point five percent year over year in July. Uh, core CPI is seen gaining about six point one percent versus five point nine percent. Um, previously, but when you go back and look at the seven previous major inflation cycles, uh, annual inflation rate peaks, the stock market typically is bottomed out. So you think about if this holds true, we hit that bottom on on June the 16th. Um, You know, consequently, when you look at these big inflation cycles over the last 100 years, the current stock market low is already in because the inflation rate has already peaked. So, again, eight, you know, everybody seems to think we're going to come in at 8.1. But there are certain parts, Harry, of the market that have not yet topped out. Uh, you know, when, when we look uh, online grocery prices, you know, they, they keep going in the wrong direction, up 14 percent in August. Uh, but in the meantime, electronic pr- price, remember during the pandemic, you couldn't get to the big box store quick enough to get that, you know, that big, that big uh, screen TV. Yeah. You know, they're off about 10 percent from a year ago. Um, so so we're I think we're going to see some improvement, Harry, in the, in the headline number that's going to come in a few minutes. Uh, but then again, some of these, you know, some of these components have not hit peak inflation. I'm not going to ask you to be Nostradamus or anything. At number one, you wouldn't do it. And it's not fair. But if we hit that number or exceed it, should that mean that that's good news? 
Yeah, it right? is it's very good news. I mean, the market, uh, the market this morning, pre-market is up uh, again. Uh, the Dow, the S and P, and the Nasdaq—that's in anticipation that we're going to yeah, hit. Yeah, the they're number. up anywhere from about three quarters of one percent. The Dow's up two oh seven. The Nasdaq up eighty six, and the S and P up almost thirty. And those numbers have been pretty pretty consistent, Harry, from uh, from earlier this morning. Uh, you know, when I was looking at about five thirty in the morning, those numbers are about the same. And when I went to bed last night, Harry, the markets were up. So, you know. We have we're in a trading range right now, and and it's just a matter, of, you know, are you going to get on the right side of the boat? I think that's what it all kind of gets down to at this point. And we're not alone. The three major economies of the world continue to weaken. Tell us about it. Yeah. So Harry, when you when you look at at, at where we are here, it's obviously here in the U.S. Um, you, you know, due to monetary tightening, and we can cover that in a second. Uh, Europe, uh, it's 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 really really Europe is, a, is sort of a mess here. I mean. The energy crisis just can't seem to find its find its way out in, in, in a good direction. And then China, uh, due to their zero COVID policy. So you have three different parts of the world that are faced with uh, economies that are weakening. For, and, and they're not all for the same reason. Uh, you, you know, we... Can, can you imagine if we had the energy crisis here oh. that, that they're having in Europe? You're, it's going to be, Harry, unfortunately. Putin is dropping the hammer. It's going to be a very, very difficult winter, I think, co- over there. It's going to be a cold winter. And he, would- he's planning to make it worse. And incidentally, with um, Ukraine actually performing better, uh, Putin now, his regime, he's at risk. of being. I mean, he might be the, the recipient of, of a coup d'etat. Uh, so he's really planning on dropping the hammer uh, on Europe in a big way. Uh, will monetary tightening actually work? So that's what we're witnessing here in our in our country right now. You know, weakening. You know, the 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 point of monetary tightening is to obviously fight inflation and weaken demand. And you think about what is happening across. You know, we. We can, you know, real estate as a, as a, for instance, Harry. I mean, uh, those prices have come down. Mortgage interest rates are significantly higher. A lot of buyers are now priced out of the market. But what's going to happen, Harry? The delayed effects of the tightening, the monetary tightening we spoke about, is going to become more and more apparent each and every month as we see through this, because it's sort of a lagging effect. Um, you know, if you go back to buying a home, you're not, you know, you're not going to walk out today and buy a home this afternoon. You know, chances are it's going to take some time to get that accomplished. And along the way, you know, you might get yourself, you know, priced out of the market per se because of these higher interest yeah. rates. Look what has happened, though, for the first time in forever. Down. Look at you. First time in the longest time. Uh, and this has been over the past couple of weeks down uh, 0.7%. Uh, we we can get another um, uh, important item in with Chuck before we, and we're going to so, go yeah, right to the break yeah, let's talk about the at labor, 30 minutes. Yeah, let's talk about go. the labor market for a yeah. second, Harry. You know, uh, you know, data has come out over the last month, six weeks or so, uh, that the labor market is not cooling down as quickly as the Fed wants it to happen. Uh, you know, the, the Fed's tightening cycle... You know, everybody says, when is it going to end? When is it going to end? It's not going to end for a bit. I mean, the, the Fed is meeting next week. Indication 75 basis points. 
following meeting in uh, 50 and before you're in another 25. That sort of seems to be where the, the consensus is at this point in time. But what is what is happening, Harry, you know, the Fed want, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, the Fed wants, you know, more people you know, not working, unemployed. Yeah, they want they want more people to experience pain. Well, they did, and, and Powell was very specific when he made that statement. There's no doubt about it. I mean, that f- the free money that flowed, uh, the quantitative easing. I mean, I mean, it, it, you know, everybody's at home working and not working and getting paid. I mean, obviously, Harry, you know, uh, the, you know, the world has changed pretty significantly in a rather short period of time here. Let's get our break in, and I believe when we come back, Chuck will be able to announce this um, much-anticipated CPI number. Uh, I'm going to share with you three, but I'm going to try to make it five, stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app and the WPGTalkRadio.com website. We are putting out, and it's not just me, we, the team, we are putting out a lot of high-quality digital content. Check it out several times during the day. Uh, We'll be back with Chuck in just a moment. Powered by the all-new Bet Parks New Jersey Casino and Sportsbook app. BetParks.com. This is the Town Square New Jersey Info and Weather Network. It's exactly 30 minutes past the hour. The Atlanta County Utilities Authority, they have a special meeting today for a specific purpose. We have the story. Check it out. An Egg Harbor City man, this was as cold as a cold case could be. Uh, He has now been sentenced for his sexual offenses involving children. Uh, The Atlanta County Prosecutor's Office did a great job. The auto plaza at English Creek will close forever after tomorrow's business day, after 25 years. Ward's Pastry is closing after 98 years. And the Piccalilli Pub in Atlantic City... From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. This morning is cloudy, humid, foggy in spots, and damp in spots too. But this afternoon will be a very different story. I have to leave the possibility of spotty showers in the forecast through early afternoon, and then skies will clear and humidity levels will drop like a stone. It'll be warm today with a high of 83. Mainly clear tonight, low 61. Beautiful day tomorrow, sunny and seasonable, high of 80. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Great one. And we will be back with Chuck Malamut in just a moment. This portion of Hurley in the Morning is also brought to us by Batteries Plus Bulbs. Batteries Plus Bulbs has stores in Northfield, New Jersey, right next to Broadcast Center. Their address is 900 Tilton Road. They're directly next to uh, my friend Rocco, Capri Pizza. So when I, when I got my H-Phone tuned up with my brand new battery, and I'm telling you, it made a huge difference. I went to a concert, I was, and my phone went almost dead when I had the old battery. With the new battery, I was able to do recordings of the Cowsills. And I didn't come anywhere near, and I even brought a battery charger just in case. Didn't even come near needing it. It changed everything with the new battery. And again, I didn't have to make an appointment. You won't either. I just went right in. No appointment is needed. 
you have Roy, you have Scott, you have this team of extraordinarily service-minded individuals, and they have creative solutions to fix your cell phones. My friend Frank from Absecon, uh, he had a battery replaced in his mother-in-law's phone. They'll do your tablets, batteries for your various power tools, cars, boats, motorcycles, golf carts, and other devices, performance batteries. They have what you need to get ready for the storm season as well, including generators and so much more. And a reminder, mention my name. Uh, Frank received a discount right in front of my presence. So mention my name when you shop local and shop batteries plus bulbs. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Chuck Malamut comes bearing not so good news. Harry, so uh, CPI came out just a, a few minutes ago. And actually, uh, as, as it turns out, the August Consumer Price Index report showed a Higher than expected um, reading for inflation. Headline inflation uh, rose 0.1% month over month, even with uh, gas prices pretty much dropping on a daily basis. Uh, Core inflation was up six-tenths of 1% month over month. Economists that were surveyed prior to all this were expecting a decline of about uh, 0.1% for overall inflation and a rise of three-tenths of one percent for core inflation. So the um, the futures flipped. I mean, we were the Dow was up 200. We're now down 300. So we, we moved 500 points within a within a basically, I don't want to say a millisecond, but it was very, very quick. Uh, Treasury yields are surging as well at the same time. And, you know, there's not much more that uh, the Fed is going to see prior to their meeting uh, next week, September 20 and 20, 20 and 21. Um, so the expectation they, they were going to come, the Fed was going to come with their third um, consecutive 75 basis point increase. Um, That's now locked in, isn't it? I think it's pretty much uh, going to be locked in. It was about 85% prior to this, so it's going to be for sure. I mean, they're going to do everything they can to fight this. Um I, there's not much else that's that's going to come uh, their way as far as reports. I guess the the question at hand is, Harry, what's going to happen at the next meeting? And, the, you know, the, obviously, you know, we're talking with, as I mentioned before, 70 indications, 75 basis points next week, followed by 50, followed by 25. So it's 150 basis points before year end. So we were at 8.1 CPI as of last month, Correct. So right now... And we're now at 8.3. Yeah, I'm looking... Hold on one second here. I'm having a little problem with my technology here. Uh, 8.3. Yes, correct. Mm -hmm. So there you go. That's up two-tenths. And and here's what people are really experiencing, though, Chuck. Nothing's only up 8%. Fuel is up dramatically. Food is up unbelievably. Uh, I don't even know where this 8% percent even comes in i don't know anything that's only up eight percent so i guess when you just factor everything uh but you look at everything from meat to milk to anything uh everything is way way up uh this is very unfortunate news and it's not um what was expected um chuck getting back to your uh important agenda here as well let's talk it, a little bit about the supply chain there you if go. If we could, okay, because yeah. there is, has is there been, progress. There has been, and it's been pretty significant. I mean, you think about you know just going to get things, and the shelves are stocked. I mean, the prices are obviously not where you want them to be, but supply chain uh, pressures continue 
continue to ease, suggesting that goods inflation could be falling, Harry, in the not-too-distant future, in the next in the coming months. But I'm really curious to get in and, and really find out, with gas prices dropping month, day after day after day, why this number that we just talked about, you know, the CPI moves higher. I've just... Well, because everything else is so darn expensive. Yeah, but it was just... It just... Well, uh, they got it wrong again. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, the, the strategists, the analysts, I mean, I, I think that at, at the end of the day, um, the Fed has a lot more work to do. Let's take the final break. And when we come back, we will talk about uh, the U.S. dollar and, and a whole lot more with Chuck Malama talking all about your financial matters. With apologies, with a bunch of people that are holding on by policy, we do not take phone calls during Chuck's program. So we're not ignoring you. We just cannot take your call. To reach Chuck, though, you can reach him at 609-383-2010. 609-383-2010 with Chuck Malamut. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Approaching 49 minutes past the hour with Chuck Malamut. Uh, is there love for the dollar? Well, Harry, actually, uh, you know, a, a dollar that is so strong that we've had for a significant period of time does not bode well for the, these multinational companies. So, the dollar has appreciated almost 15% year-to-date, and it's wow. been the strongest, the strongest year-to-date number that we have seen in 35 years. Well, that's and interesting to hear because it was my understanding that a dollar today is worth 81 cents since Joe Biden became president. Well, I mean, when you're – sure, when you're accounting for the va- what the dollar is Can worth buy. as far as spend – yeah. But it's interesting but how when you look, you know, both can be true, though. Thirty five year high at the same time, it's 19 cents less. I mean, it's great to you know, it's great to travel with an, an increased with a strong dollar yeah. uh, versus another currency. But the problem is when you get these multinational companies, which a lot of companies are now and make up the S&P 500. It's really a lot tougher to get to your bottom line with a with a you know with a strong dollar. It kind of weakens, you know, sales over overseas. So it's it's sort of an oxymoron if that makes any sense. It does makes perfect sense. Chuck Malamut continues. Now you've talked about the Fed chair. Do you have more to say about the Fed chair? Well, you know, I, I haven't seen anything come since we've been together, Harry. But uh, you know, it, it you know, Powell uh, he spoke last week at a conference in Washington. Uh, and he warned that that longer inflation remains elevated, and and the greater the concern, the public is going to see with respect to these inflation expectations. There was a lot of discussion that the Fed, you know, maybe got ahead of themselves. Uh, they would increase this time. They would increase the, in the following month, and maybe in twenty three, actually back off a little bit. But the report that we that we just saw, Harry. Um, that's anybody's guess. I, I, I think the 75 basis points baked in for now, Sounds for it. next week. Uh, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if everyone starts thinking, well, maybe the 50 basis points that was scheduled at the, the meeting after uh, is going to be actually maybe back to 75. But, you know, the market, and again, we don't like to focus on the day-to-day, but, you know, the, we, we will not have a – I don't think, Harry, we're going to have a great day today. I mean, no. the, the Dow is down about 400. 
Uh, the Nasdaq's down about 300, and the Nasdaq takes the brunt of it because higher rates, you know, basically, you know, create uh, less profitability, you know, in these higher beta type stocks. So, you know, the Nasdaq is actually down about two and a half percent, you know, pre market. So, and it's amazing. You think about it. Well, what's one tenth of one percent? It's not a big deal. But Harry, in in the world we live in today, uh, it it is a big deal. So. Um, but that's where Powell is right now. And, and Harry, when you when you take a look at, um, you know, the, some other work that the Fed does, they have this what they refer to as this beige book. And they it's very clear in the beige book. Um, it shows that the outlook for future <clears throat> economic growth is, looks to be fairly weak. Uh, Demand is going to soften probably over the next six to 12 months. And that report, you know, put together, obviously, in advance of the Fed meeting on <clears throat> September 20 and 21. Um, you know, they're basically saying that price levels are going to remain highly elevated, but some Fed districts noted a degree of moderation in the rate of increase. But I think this is all pointing to, Harry, weaker earnings. Um, and ultimately, maybe I'm not going to make a prediction on the stock market, but uh, we we were on a good path, you know, for, you know, several days now. But I think we might have ourselves a little bit of angst here over the ne- over the next few days with respect to this the CPI report. I, I just can't help but say how I feel. This just has all the makings of it didn't have to be this way. This is the byproduct of almost two years worth of really bad decisions, and the American people get punished for it. Well, the American people, Harry, um, didn't feel a whole lot of pain. During the, I mean, obviously, those that got sick during the pandemic, we know all about that. But oh, we weathered you know, the pandemic amazingly financially. When, when you know all that free money is being floated out there, and that sugar high, uh, you know, let's go spend, spend, spend. And now, unfortunately, Harry, you know, we're paying the price for that. Well, I predicted, and I hate to to be right on this. I would much rather have been wrong, but I said there would be a delayed fuse if you will look at all these businesses that are closing chuck i mean i've written i mean you're probably story, I mean, your, six your headline, stories your headlines this morning were what the were three of the written. five were closings and, and prior to that there's there have been multiple you know multiple what, closings. what do you think it is about businesses that have been able to get through recessions multiple great recession hurricane superstorm sandy anything that was thrown at them uh but not this 98 year bakery 30 year uh pub uh and it goes on and on uh with these long term you know long established iconic businesses that are just dunsville well i think harry i mean there was a lot that was put on their backs you know obviously you know rising prices of goods and service goods and materials yeah uh lack of uh of labor you just Um, nailed it they're the reasons every one every story that i've written the owner of the establishment has brought up the pandemic and not able to get staffing uh we we were out on sunday night um we never had a problem in this country getting staffing no we were and 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 the fortunately for us it was we had a, a great experience place was very very quiet and uh, the food server said, this is actually a good thing because we were just so busy all summer. They need a and, break. And we don't have anybody. We don't have anybody to work. 
and it's it's unfortunate. I mean, I don't, I don't know what these people are doing. I mean, what, what are how the what, benefits what are, are better than working than doing that particular type of what, service but, job? But, but what are they doing? Are they do have another job? Are they? I think they're collecting, collecting money, benefits. And, they're collecting money and benefits. But how long does that go on for? As long as the government allows it. We we have government people that have said, if you don't want to work, you don't have to. They want to make not working an acceptable lifestyle. Whoever heard of such a thing in, in this great country? ECB uh, rate hike, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, so Harry, we talked about, you know, we have so focused here on what's happening here in our country, but, you know, w- what is happening overseas is actually, they're, they're, they're in more pain than we are here. Uh, 9.1% inflation recently reported by the European Central Bank. Uh, they raised their rates from, uh, their deposit rate from zero to 75 basis points. Largest rate hike in history, Harry. Um, you know, ECB President Christine Lagarde said uh, don't, she, they expect more larger than normal hikes are likely to come as inflation remains too high. So it's just not here. It's unfortunately, Harry, it's, it, it, is, uh, it is everywhere. I mean, when you look, you, you know, at, um, uh, you, know, you know, across, you know, the world, even just look at our Look at our border. Look, I mean, look at look at Canada, for instance. Yeah. I mean, you know, Canada's labor market a little bit different. I mean, it's, it's, so they've. I think they're a little bit ahead of ourselves. So they, which is actually good for them. I mean, they're they cooled for a third straight month in August. The economy shed about forty thousand jobs, and we're seeing now announcements from a lot of these big tech companies here in the, in the U.S. that the, these layoffs are going to happen. Unemployment in Canada went from uh, 4.9 to 5.4 percent. So, you know, it's I think what we're experiencing, you know, it'd be great, you know, a great history lesson if we went back and try to figure out where all this started. Look at uh, China for a quick second. Xi Jinping actually left China for the first time in two and a half years since the pandemic to meet with Vladimir Putin, his new uh, BFF. Uh, and they're still in big time lockdown. Well, yeah, Harry, they, they a- absolutely are. I mean, when you look at what is happening in, in China, um, you know, there was a recent survey that was done. <laughs> lockdowns or partial lockdowns were taking place now, right now, in 49 cities, wow. affecting 292 million people, Harry, across the country. I mean, that's a lot of people that are either partially out of work or out of work. And that obviously has an impact on everything that we do here, you know, not only in our country, uh, but across the world as well. Final minute. Give us a uh, dour reminder. Well, I think, what's, I think you know, look, I, I think you're going to continue to see a fair amount of cross currents in our market here. Um, you know, the, the, the investment climate remains still very challenging and will probably remain so for the rest of the year. Global growth is slowing. Uh, it's you know, we'll probably be a little more resilient than most consensus reports and are expecting right now. Uh, but I think right now, you know, there's a lot of concern and there's a lot of worry uh, that we have to deal with. Obviously, inflation, uh, higher prices, you know, uh, higher wages. So I think, Harry, we got a we got a little bit of work here to get out of the way. Do folks need to see their Chuck Malamut, for example, in terms of? where their assets are allocated at the moment? If they haven't, they should. Absolutely, Harry. No no doubt about it. 609.
383-2010 for all of your financial planning needs. Chuck Malamut is the official, the exclusive financial advisor for the Hurley in the Morning program, for the Hurley in the Morning charity, for the Hurley in the Morning family. 609-383-2010, 609-383-2010. If uh, I am part of the reason why you are calling, please remember to tell Chuck that. I would appreciate that very much. Chuck, thank you for a, a stirring program. And very sorry about that news about the CPI. Harry, enjoy the rest of your week. You too, my friend. We'll be back. Bob Zlotnick, expected next. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back. It's uh, six minutes past the hour. I am very pleased to report Dr. Bob Zlotnick, uh, doctors that do still make house calls. Dr. Bob is here. He is the president and the chief executive officer of Atlantic Prevention Resources, an agency that is truly making a difference uh, in our community and beyond. And Dr. Bob, I turn the uh, microphone over to you. And I know you have a distinguished guest holding on that you'll do the honors. Thank you, Harry. Good morning. Good morning. Um, our guest today is Chris Moyer, at least for the first segment. Uh, Chris is with Americans for Non-Smokers Rights, and he's been working with a, um, a local, regional, and national uh, coalition on this issue about smoking in the casinos. Good morning, Chris. Chris, good morning. How are you? I, I'm doing fine. I uh, uh, can't complain. Excited <laughs> to be on with you guys again. <laughs> well, I wanted to catch up after the summer and bring everyone up to speed on the progress, what happened over the summer, some of the major milestones that were reached. I know uh, we have a few things to talk about. Uh, the bill, for example, in the state legislature. Why don't we start with that? Sure. Yeah, I think we are riding momentum here. We have more than half the legislature is co-sponsoring these bills in trend. That would end the indoor uh, indoor smoking, close the casino smoking loophole that uh, these you know thousands of Atlantic City dealers, especially, have been uh, fighting for for more than a year now. And they are as fired up as ever. And the bill, they're convincing legislators that this is something that its time has come. It's been, Bob, you know this. It's been 16 years, mm-hmm. more than 16 years now, and it's way past time for this to happen. And so. We're very encouraged by the progress we're making with legislators. Even, you know, the Senate president has said publicly that uh, something's going to happen on this. And so we're pushing them to do this as soon as possible, because every day that goes by um, is another day that these workers have to go in, spend eight hours breathing in secondhand smoke, and uh, it's bad for their health. So, um, you know, we've taken a lot of steps to uh, address many of the arguments that we hear from the other side. Um, but, you know, even the big one, the economic argument that we hear, um, an independent analysis over the summer found that actually smoking, uh, casinos that don't have smoking indoors perform better, bring in more revenue than those that don't. And that's looking at several competitive casino marketplaces. So, Could I push um, back on that yeah, for a second? We, we uh, really hey, Chris, Chris, I'm only going to push back on it. Yeah, and, and so you know, and I think you already know this, uh, I'm the son of two 
beautiful parents that both died of endocarcinoma of the lung, their World War II era. Uh, my father got in his rations in World War II. Fake doctors with lab coats, they were real doctors, but they're fake doctors, said it's good for you, it's healthy, it helps your digestion. So I never faulted you know, my parents. They, 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 a lot of people in that era had no idea how unhealthy it is. If it's actually provable that, and I'm a former casino executive as well, and I hated smoking. Every day I went in, I felt I was a human ashtray. If it's provable that their revenue would not be hurt, why are they the last ones to not get it? Because they believe the opposite. And, and of course, the, the, the lobby is strong. And, Bob, see if you agree with me on this. You know I predicted this. The political will just doesn't seem to be there, does it? It was there uh, I, I, until it mattered the most. When it came time to put up or shut up, it got very quiet, didn't it? So I know I threw two different um, conflated things in there. Uh, but I, I think there's – Houston, we have a problem. I, I think that the the legislature doesn't have the courage to do this. I disagree. Go ahead, Chris. Okay. Yeah, I mean, first of all, over the last couple of months, it's been the summer, and they're not they're not even in Trenton at all. So it's a break period. It's generally slow. Yeah, but it got, it got quiet um, before so, then. Sure, but they're they're still having conversations about how to do this, and so I'm telling you, we, we feel really good about where those conversations are heading. I okay. think there's pretty much agreement that there needs something something needs to happen, and. Uh, that, so I, I don't agree with your assessment of where this stands politically. Okay. Um, this is actually a common sense thing to do. The polling supports, you know, uh, nearly, you know, I think it's in the 80% range, maybe higher, of New Jerseyans support doing this. Um, there's, it's a bipartisan bill that has people on the spectrum of political ideology from Trump supporters to Bernie Sanders supporters. Um, it has broad support, and I think leadership is increasingly hearing uh, reasons why they need to do this. And so then so you, you let, let me let me jump in. So you both believe, and Bob, it sounds like you do too, that the legislature, New Jersey legislature, does have the will to do this and that it is going to happen. It, it has a majority of sponsors in both houses. I, I mean, know it does. Uh, 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 and, and, and leadership changed, as you know, uh, yep. in the Senate. So. Well, that was the only thing that right. changed. That well, changed everything. Right. Right. But didn't it didn't it seem like it was on a fast track to get done and then all of a sudden it just went into a black hole? Am I am I imagining well, well, what I think I was reporting all this time? There hasn't been any activity for the last 4 or 5 months in the legislature since budget season and the summer recess. So So then so there, well, then there's no summer, Go ahead. Sorry, part of it is the summer break. We expect it to be slow. Um, but we've also been adding more and more co-sponsors over this period of time. And also, these things never happen as easily, even as a common sense issue like this. They never happen as easily as one would hope. It's and that's a legislative my point. Process. It's, and yeah, and so I think the we're at, we've gotten ninety yards down the field. The last ten yards is often the hardest, <laughs> and that's like where we find ourselves today. And you've been inside the ten yard line before, weren't, we, weren't we you? We have. We've been so, close. I mean, we yeah. actually crossed the goal line, and then it was reversed. Well, I want you to be right. I just. I just remember something changing here in the whole trajectory of this thing prior to the summer. Nothing to do with the summer. Uh, and so if you're both right, and I want you to be right, this is no okey doke here. I want you to be right. Then this should be gangbusters 
whenever when when they're back in session, this should be gangbusters, right? Well, I mean, they have other priorities as well, so yeah. it's not going to be the only thing that they take up. But um, there's been movement over the summer. We we've added co-sponsors. We have more than half of both. Um, legislative bodies in place and and also the health committees in both bodies. So, I mean, it it, it just needs to be posted and they got to vote. And it seems like the votes are there to they do are, it. They are there. And the will is there of both leaders to post. It looks like it is. So and, then... And, then it, and the, governor, the governor has said repeatedly he'll sign it. Uh, and he usually doesn't comment on bills until they reach his desk. So it, it tells you that he wants this to happen. So we have support from really important places and we're just pushing to get like i said the last 10 yards get across the goal line and we feel confident uh that we can do that and by the way governor is a good friend of mine and he he tells the truth and i believe it if it gets to his desk he will sign it so that's an easy thing to say it's an easy thing to say and i'll sign it and i know he will if it gets to his desk but if the if the fix is in and it's not going to get to his desk then it's you know it's a it's a it's a, a hollow thing Right. Uh, I, I'm telling sure, you, I, I smell, I smell something funny. I've been doing this 31 years. I've got a lot of friends in Trenton. I, Bob knows me. I, I'm usually right about these things. I uh, can't think of a major issue where I, and I'm not predicting that it's not going to pass. I just believe something changed here, hmm. and we'll see. Again, well, I want what you to change is that. What's changed is the economic report showing independently that uh, that smoking, casinos without smoking do better than those with smoking. And I know that is resonating with a number of legislators, and the claims that uh, the casinos have been throwing out are, are falling on deaf ears. And so um, I just don't think they believe the scare tactics after so many years of saying these things, and they don't come true um, in other places. And... So it's just not persuasive anymore. Well, we're not psychologists or psychiatrists, but why do they believe this is not in their interest? This should be, hey, everybody, this should be Pollyanna, you know, Panacea Day. Uh, You're telling me this is going to be better for us? Uh, So then we'll stop saying it's worse for us. Harry, Harry, they're operating out of a place of fear, and also it's hard to change what you've been saying for a long time. And so... uh, it, but I'll tell you, uh, Chris, I'll tell you what I, what I also think, though. And again, this comes from drawing my own experience as a senior uh, hotel casino executive. They know their database. They know if they have enormous what are called whales, if they have big players that love a drink in one hand and a cigarette or a cigar in the other hand. Uh, I, I really believe, and I know these presidents, they believe that this is bad for their operations. They don't believe that report. They don't believe that this would be better for them because they're not stupid. Well, uh, but they're, I think what they're worried about is, look, they have short-term goals that they have, and benchmarks they have to reach. And will it, will, if you get indoor smoking, will there be a short-term, uh, maybe six months to a year adjustment? Certainly. But then we've seen those numbers rebound and come back even stronger. And more and more, people don't want to be in an environment with smoking. And the yeah. pandemic has changed everything. It's yeah. going to be a lasting impact here. I mean, right. there's so many there's so many rational things. When everybody was on a level playing field, uh, and of course, when you're wearing a face mask, you, 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 you can't you cut can't a smoke. hole in it right. and smoke a cigarette. So, so there was no negative impact. The other um, justification the casino industry makes for not wanting this is surrounding jurisdictions 
that aren't going to comply. Notably Pennsylvania. Yeah. Right. And that that will also well, cost. Good. I'm glad you brought that up. Good. Because increasingly, uh, New Jersey is becoming an island to itself when it comes to this issue of smoking. Maryland, Delaware, New York, uh, all do not allow indoor smoking at casinos. In eastern Pennsylvania, which is what we hear often, um, is two of the three largest generating uh, revenue-generating casinos in the state. They're in east, eastern Pennsylvania, uh, and that's uh, Philly, uh, R- Rivers Philly and Parks Casino are voluntarily smoke-free, and they have performed exceedingly well. Parks has been doing this for over a year now on their own voluntarily, um, and they've only grown their market share. So we've seen in real time, not projections, not guesses, we've seen actual numbers come back, and they are doing just as well as they were before, if not better. Well, Chris, I love that answer. And Dr. Bob and I, we were talking right before airtime, it's about 85% of the American people do not smoke, correct? More, more yeah. More than that, yeah. you're saying. So this should be wildly popular then. And people probably would and say, if they had the choice, would you go to a smoking operation or a non-smoking operation? Think about, uh, and you could, it's, it's sort of analogous. It's a little bit different when you're talking about casino players and things. But we had all the arguments with restaurants, too. Oh, my God, it's going to shut them down. This is not going to work. One of the worst experiences that I ever had was I asked for the non-smoking section, and I was put directly next to the smoking <laughs> section, where literally somebody was with the victory pose with that cigarette in, in between their um, index and middle finger behind me. They were, they were behind me, uh, and they had this cigarette right over the, the divider between the two of us. I was smoking with that person (laughs) and i was allegedly in a non-smoking section and that sounds like the non-smoking sections at these casinos in ac today you look you go and you literally you have a slot machine uh with a sign over it that says no smoking and then three feet away you have a slot machine with a sign over it saying smoking you're telling me that is a true non-smoking section it's like that same experience you had in the restaurant it's a joke it doesn't work no I mean, the only possible, look, only possible way you could do it would be with separate HVAC, enclosed areas, and then you would need dealers and different people like that that to would, would want right. to be a part of being yeah. in, in their own ashtray, mm-hmm. you know, scenario. But then at least the rest of the, you know, area would be uh, pretty. It's not. Pretty, this is not just for employees. It's for patrons. Yeah. Because again, more than three quarters of patrons don't smoke. So, hey, look, if you've been an employee for forty years. You've been taking on some secondhand smoke at a very, very dangerous level. And, and that's why the dealers have been so active. And, and why don't you catch, Chris, why don't you catch us up on uh, some of the things the dealers were involved in this summer? Yeah, the, the dealers made very clear. because We heard some rumblings of, you know, the casinos are really trying to figure out how to create these rooms, these um, outdoor areas that truly are not outdoors. We've seen in states like Maryland where they start off very innocuous and, and truly outdoors. Then they then they build them up and they become uh, they really make a mockery of the law that's supposed to prevent indoor smoking. And so the casino dealers over the summer were very clear in saying, "Look, any solution here? Look, if you want to, we should try to accommodate the smokers who who want to gamble while they smoke. There's there's a way to figure that out. But any solution there has to one ensure that it's truly outdoors, and two that no workers are exposed to secondhand smoke and things that don't meet that test." are an indoor smoking room, like the lounges you might see in an airport. There's there's all sorts of problems with that. And by the way, it's, pro- um, it's probably not workable, then, but I was just thinking about, are there a percentage of actual dealers that are smokers 
that would step up and volunteer because they already smoke and they don't care? I don't know. Yeah. I, well, that creates that creates a host of problems as well. And, and the casino workers that are fighting for this have rejected this because yeah. then you got some of the more vulnerable, the people who really need the money are, are forced to put, they're really forced to make a decision between their health and a paycheck mm-hmm. there. And so they're, they're unfortunately going to be saying, well, I really need the money to pay the bills, so I guess I'll go endure the smoke. And that's, that's the problem we're trying to deal with now. So that doesn't solve anything. We're going to take a brief time out. Uh, hold on one second, Bob. Your mic's back. Can you stay on? Happy to. Good. Right, thanks. We're going to be back in just a little bit, a little over four minutes. Back with Dr. Bob Slotnick. It's Atlantic Prevention Resources monthly program on the second Tuesday of every month titled Under the Influence. And Christopher Moyer, uh, Christopher Moyer from Americans for Nonsmokers Rights, Dr. Bob's distinguished guest. Really um, great conversation. I think very important content. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Don't go away. If you love South Jersey's talk station, then the WPG Talk Radio app is a must-have on your phone. Listen to all your favorite talk shows around the clock and instantly call them with just the tap of your finger. Download the Hurley in the Morning podcast. Send us your pictures and videos of breaking news and more. It's the WPG Talk Radio app, a free download from South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're back with Dr. Bob Zlotnick and a very, I hope you were listening. And if you were not, please check the podcast out uh, later today when Chris uploads it. You can download it on the WPG Talk Radio app. And here's a reminder uh, to take part in the great digital content uh, there's just a ton of uh, important uh, content. And Bob and I mentioned this uh, earlier before airtime, uh, all these sad closings that are happening uh, that are delayed pandemic-related mm-hmm. pain. Um, this important conversation with Christopher Moyer from Americans for Non-Smokers Rights, I think it's a very important conversation you're having, Dr. Bob. Thank you, Harry. And thanks for calling in again, Chris. I want to talk about um, a major event that's coming up uh, later this month. The East Coast Gaming Congress is here, as it is in Atlantic City every Iconic. year. And um, <clears throat> there was a, um, a special panel discussion that was scheduled to appear um, with talk to talk about this. And it was pulled from the roster very late last week, and they've replaced it. Well, wait a minute. Well, wait a minute. It, and I felt like I was the outlier here during this conversation. I don't know if you heard this, but uh, Mark Giantonio, president of Resorts and also the new leader of CANJ, yes. was supposed to appear to discuss this with some other people, yeah. uh, most notably Cynthia Hallett from Americans for Nonsmokers' Rights. And um, they, he wasn't able to do it, so they pulled that from their schedule. Um, your comments, Chris? Yeah, I mean, it, we were looking forward to having a discussion of this, a, a you know, serious, fact-based discussion about this. It's something that obviously thousands of casino workers have been outspoken about for over a year now. And um, it was pretty telling that they couldn't find one person who could publicly defend their position in favor of indoor smoking. Um, they know they can't win on the facts, um, so they're avoiding a public discussion. Um, it's also a little strange that the 
the organizers of the conference had to cancel the panel because they couldn't find someone to defend indoor smoking. We also had uh, the Parks uh, Casino CEO scheduled to be on this panel. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, uh, they've been voluntarily smoke-free for over a year now. So and doing um, great. I don't think they would have canceled. I don't exactly, and I don't think they would have canceled the forum on responsible gaming because they couldn't find an opposing voice, or on sports betting because they couldn't find a panelist who who opposes well, expansion. That, Chris, that's my point. I I truly believe that it was canceled because the the event itself, I believe, was assisting the industry in not having this particular panel discussion. That's I'm reading tea leaves. I'm reading between the lines. But that's how I take this. Well, Harry, this has been scheduled for months, and now they're bailing at the last minute. But it's like anything, um, though. They, it's scheduled they, for months they, until it's not. It doesn't sure, matter when they, you cancel. They, they, yeah. But they want to stifle this conversation, and I think they're they're mistaken if they think that's actually going to be what's going to yeah. happen. The well, yeah, they, I mean, they disagree with it. They, they, they firmly disagree with all of it. I talked the, – the neat thing about my position, I talked to you. I talked to Dr. Bob. I know my own views, and I've got a lot of friends in the industry at very high levels. So I hear from everybody. I hear all the data. I hear what they say. And there's just this is one of those things where there's total disagreement. They don't believe the data that this would be an economic winner for them, because if if they felt that it was, wouldn't they would be leading the charge? And it would have happened a long time ago. Or they're, or they're behind the times. That's the you know, that's the way I I think uh, yeah. is another way of looking at yeah. it. Yeah. And also, yeah, if, you, if you have a position, you have a point of view, defend it. Don't go hiding. Right. But they're hiding. Right. And it's fear of the unknown. Yeah. And and that's what's... Uh, well, they also know that this is going to be a very challenging off-season. Uh, I, I guarantee everybody listening, it's going to be unpleasant. There's going to be layoffs. Uh, and they don't want to self-inflict. This is why I think the legislature is not going to move anytime this session, this winter, because they're going to say, you know, uh, people are getting laid off. You know, we just can't do this right now. I just, I just see that as what's going to happen. I'm not saying permanently. Look, Harry, you know this, but there's always a reason for casinos not to do something. Correct. They always find a reason to stall, stall, and stall. Yeah. And whether it's oh, we're coming out of COVID and we need to have a good summer, or there's going to be a bad off season. Like, there's always a reason. It's going to be in New York casinos in a couple of years. Like, true. There's always some excuse. But the question is, when are you going to put the workers' health first? When, you, when are they going to actually give a damn? Well, the workers' health issue is compelling. I mean, we, nobody can argue that. We know. We know that people have gotten cancer. And, you know, uh, that's, I think that's a very, very strong argument. Then, of course, the flip side would be do you want to cost yourself your own job? Uh, it's a horrible choice. Do you, you know, keep your job or put yourself in a carcinogenic type of environment it's it's um it's tough it's it's very very tough that's a false that's a false choice now things have changed and the sooner that people can understand that who are making these decisions look we all know this is inevitable you think in 10 15 20 years that there's smoking inside casinos i don't think so why i don't think not? so either why not i mean that? look we're at 85 percent now although bob has it ticked up a little bit is smoking just a tiny little bit trending up i, I or don't no? think so okay think that's so. good yeah that's no, it's good. It's been news. flat for years. So yeah, I mean, what, when you're, so, when you're at eighty five percent of people not doing something, 
I said to Bob off air uh, before we began the show, it's like the tail wags the dog. You know, and we also hear, yeah, that small percentage of people count for X amount of revenue. But then the question, this is Responsible Gaming Education Month that the industry is celebrating. And they, they highlight all that they do to prevent problem gambling. Well, if you force, uh, if you force someone to go outside and take a, a smoke break, that helps deal with some problem gambling issues. Mm-hmm. And if you're relying on these people who have gambling disorders for a larger percentage of your revenue, then that's a problem in itself that should be addressed. And the national organization, the uh, National Council on Problem Gambling, just sent a letter to legislators a couple weeks ago saying, we support passing these bills because it's better for public health and it'll prevent people from developing or acting on um, uh, issues that they might have with gambling too So much. getting up to take a break if somebody's a smoker and leave the table actually could recircuit their brain if they have a, a, a gambling problem. I see what you're saying. It, it, it can interrupt that 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 rush they're getting. Yeah, and and maybe cause them to think a little. It it is something to think about. I had not thought, but of that. but on the other side, yeah. the casinos don't want that either. No, they don't want somebody to get up if they're losing money. Obviously, and the person that is addicted, and we know how powerful that addiction can be with all those chemicals involved and such, they're going to get up to go take a smoke break. They're Prob- going to probably. Go- it, it depends on which addiction is stronger. That's true. If they're if they're either winning big or trying to rally back, right? They might stop put it off. Right. 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 They've right. got the one urge mm-hmm. that they're furthering, and they might put the other one on hold. Uh, we need to go to break, Bob. What's your pleasure? I don't know, Chris. What, would you like to come back for one more segment? Um, if you'd like me to, I uh, I, I'm happy to keep talking about this. Okay. Okay. Sound good? All right. Uh, he's. I'm going to talk behind his back. He's very impressive, he Bob. <laughs> I want you, Chris. I want you to know. I, part of what I was doing was just to have you know a point counterpoint thing. Uh, I hate smoking, but I enjoyed the conversation. Uh, and you can take it. You can take the heat, and you can um, you can bring it. I've been very impressed, but I've heard you before, so I'm not surprised. And I, I know your reputation, Christopher Moyer from Americans for Non-Smokers Rights, Dr. Bob Zlotnick, and I am your lowly humble public servant. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Brian Kilmeade is next at 10. Now, back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We continue at 40 minutes past the hour. We'll continue one more segment with Christopher Moyer from Americans for Non-Smokers Rights. Uh, Again, if you've missed any of this uh, 40-minute discussion, uh, go to the podcast a little later today and when it's uploaded you can then download it you can create your own download file you'll see the uh the podcast button right on the home screen of your wpg talk radio 95.5 app very listenable back and forth uh and i have to say christopher moyer i'm not blowing smoke uh he brought it uh this discussion was um very very listenable dr bob time is yours thank you uh we're with uh visiting with chris moyer from americans for non-smokers rights chris you've been involved in this for a year year and a half or so um i've been involved in this for 15 16 years even longer before that before the uh, state passed the smoke free air act this is the furthest i've ever seen this uh progress in the last 18 months or so uh can you talk about that from the angle of what cease has done to bring this to to the attention of the media 
Yeah, and, and Harry, you're you're being far too kind, and I assume that was a, a, a pun, um, smoke. But um, anyway, uh, oh, that was so a good, good one, Chris. <laughs> that was good, fantastic. Uh, I, this has really been the whole reason that this bill has advanced, uh, and this issue has advanced, become um, become a big topic. Uh, it really started when smoking came back to the casinos. As, as you know, they were smoke free for a while during the pandemic, and uh, these thousands of workers, when it came back on July 4th, 2021, really were fed up. They said enough is enough, and they started organizing through a Facebook group uh, that has grown. And they are very engaged, and they've been going to Trenton. They've been doing press conferences and rallies and marches uh, with uh, really great turnout. And there's, a, there's been energy behind this uh, over the last year and a half. And they're not going to stop until this thing gets done. So... Um, uh, I, I, part of me thinks that one reason this is going to get done is because you're just going to the legislators aren't going to want to have to hear from these workers anymore. So it's easy to just get it done and then they'll be happy. Um, but they've been really the reason that this this bill and this issue has advanced. Uh, without them, um, it's it's uh, it's it's just not that powerful. And I give them most of the credit. For years, we worked on and off on this and didn't have a lot of support locally from the casino employees as Cor- we do Courageous now. what they did, too. It is, it's very courageous because they're taking a risk, I mean, with their livelihood. I agree with Chris and I agree with you. And we've talked about them before and we've had them on your show, Bob. Mm-hmm. You've had them on your show. Uh, very impressive. Uh, and I agree completely. They brought energy and they brought focus and they brought attention to this issue like never before and And it could not be the will could not be ignored at that point it had to be dealt with i i spoke to a friend of mine recently in trenton there's 21 senators and 43 assembly members that are signed on to this so the math is there so if it doesn't happen then somebody's playing games but in New Jersey, as, as most people know, uh, a bill has to be posted and it has to be approved by certain leadership. The, right. the, the chair of the committee yeah. that it's in, the president of the Senate or the, or the Speaker of the Assembly. Correct. They have to allow that. You to could have uh, 40 senators and 80 assemblymen, but if the Speaker and the Senate president or one or the other won't post it, it doesn't happen. Right, right. So, yeah. But the numbers and, are there. Certainly. One, once we know how this works with looking at other bills that once the bill is posted and there's a hearing, the thing's already on a glide path. That's how it works. They're not going to get posted if this isn't going to happen. That's correct. Um, so it's, it, it's, uh, that we're, we're well aware of that. So. And Chris, that's, that's absolutely true. What you just said, if all these things are scheduled and happen, then you're right. This is not going to go to a floor vote to fail. It will be done at that point. But I, my memory has just been jogged during this hour that we've had together, and I remember at least twice when there were committee hearings and they didn't happen. Uh, and I remember saying it could be nothing or it could be that, hey, something you know is going on here. So we're going to know soon enough. But the Senate president yeah, – and look – the Senate president's sorry, on record ahead, saying that something's going to happen this uh, this session. He, well, he said it. How about the Assembly Speaker? I think he's behind it. He's he's, he's he, said similar things. Okay. Uh, so we we feel we feel good. And look, with all the support, it's hard for them to block uh, an overwhelming number of people, especially when you look at uh, the committees that are relevant. You have majorities on the committees that, that are co-sponsoring this. Others who will still vote for it, even if they don't co-sponsor it. 
Um, just and just to remind our for listeners, co-sponsoring is the highest level of support you can show. There are people. There's a lot of people behind, not including those numbers you just mentioned, that will vote for this. Um, but some of them just don't co-sponsor bills um, as a matter of practice. So um, uh, there's there's a ton of support, and if you know leadership is going to be forced at some point, if there's even more increasingly um, overwhelming numbers. Uh, and, and look, South Jersey supports this. That was something missing last time uh, when the Smoke Free Air Act was passed 16 years ago. Um, South Jersey did not support uh, including casinos in this. And that's why we have this loophole today that's, that's become a problem. And there's bipartisan support. Mm-hmm. So it's true. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Senator Palestina, right? Enthusiastically, publicly. And both the local assembly people. Yes. Yep. Well, thank you, Chris. Uh, I appreciate your time this morning. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Bob. Harry, always great to speak with you, and um, uh, we'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep pushing on this. I, I mentioned to Bob that uh, if I was in a foxhole, I'd want you to be in there with me. <laughs> you're uh, you're a, a very, very effective advocate for your cause. He's, he's great. You really are. <laughs> and the puff of smoke is, is going again, so we better, we better sign off. <laughs> Chris, take care. Very, very kind. See you. are welcome. You so Take See you. Take care. Uh, and you know me, Bob. I'm at it. I, I mean, know. He's impressive. He's he is. Very impressive. Let's take our last break. I do know there's a gentlelady caller that would like to uh, speak. Do you want to take the call, sure. Bob, on sure. the issue when we come back? Okay. All right. So, Ginny, hang in there. We'll take your call on the other side of this break. With Dr. Bob Zlotnick, he is the president and the chief executive officer of Atlantic Prevention Resources. And I am early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation is building Do Good Village in Lando Lakes, Florida. It's a first-of-its-kind community with over 100 homes for program recipients, a place where Gold Star families, families of fallen first responders, and catastrophically injured heroes can live together with neighbors who understand, a place where the children of these families will grow up together. Help America's greatest heroes and their families to heal together. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash trial. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash trial. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. We're back. It's uh, 53 minutes past the hour with Dr. Bob Zlotnick, and we'll take Ginny's call, and then we'll give Dr. Bob an opportunity to update and uh, and close out the program. We'll go until Brian Kilmeade at six minutes past the top of the next hour. Jenny, welcome. You're on the air with Dr. Bob. Thank you. Uh, I have in front of me a death certificate from someone that I'm acting as power of attorney for because his brother has dementia. On the death certificate, and I've never seen this before, and I've worked a lot of hospice, doctor, cancer of the nasal cavity, metastatic to lung and nodes. Mm. Nasal cavity, okay? And on the death certificate, did tobacco use contribute to death? And it's 
checked off yes. Hmm. So the state of Tennessee, and I, as I said, I never saw this before. I've worked a lot of hospice. I never saw this come out and say it before. Now, of course, you've got the two-faced liberal phony Al Gore from Tennessee. You know, uh, his parents were in the tobacco business. His sister died of uh, lung cancer. And, you know, he's, uh, he, he doesn't think he's from this planet that he has to conserve energy. And it's, it's so catastrophic. I remember, Harry, when, uh, when, when my mother had my brother, who was younger than me, she started smoking so she wouldn't gain weight. And oh. this is what they thought. People smoke particularly oh, uh, Like I said, the, the doctors in the white lab coats that would say that smoking is good for your digestion. They were so intellectually dishonest. It was, it was terrible. But if anyone out there has not had the experience, and I don't wish it on anyone, when you watch your parents go um, inch by inch and watch this disease just ravage the people you love the most, uh, it is, um, it's so painful that I don't wish anyone to ever have to experience it. it. It's, it's extremely distressing. And not only that... You know, you have a lot of people say, well, cocaine's not addictive. I've had people tell me right to my face, cocaine's not addictive. Here you go. Here you go. Uh, metastatic, uh, imagine nasal cavity. Mm. So you're jamming cocaine up there plus you're smoking pot. And I remember somebody in my family smoking pot when he was 12 years old because his parents both worked, so he smoked it with the kid, you know, with a, a neighbor kid. And, Jenny, as Dr. Bob will tell you, and he has told our listeners many times in the past, this um, marijuana of today, this is not your marijuana from yesteryear. This stuff right. is at another level, THC and, and all of that. Yes, and, and this just makes me sick. Our governor is so dishonest. He just wants taxes, 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 more money, more money, more money, and to hell with the health of the people of the state of New Jersey. Why well, don't I don't, I, so don't I don't agree with that? That's not. Why, why would that? I do. Okay, no, you, I, you said it. I'm sure you agree, but I don't. No, he's, I. I he's this is my man. opinion, Harry. I know, I, I know it's your opinion. I'm just saying I don't agree with it. I don't think. Okay, well, you know, I mean, and, you're allowed and, to have yours, and I'm allowed to have mine. He's a good man. Uh, we can disagree on philosophy of governance and these things, but he doesn't want anybody to die. He doesn't. He doesn't want the revenue. I didn't say he wanted anybody to die. He would rather collect tax revenue than see people healthy. Well, that's How's that. Well, okay, but that's what I just said. You just said it a little differently. Okay, I, I don't think he's such a good man. I wish we had uh, uh, Mr. Chitterelli in instead. But what? what well, what his day, his is, time is coming. He'll be there in a couple of years. My my mother was told point blank. Well, if if you go back to smoking, you'll you'll keep the weight off. And you know, women wanted to lose the baby weight, Terrible. this, that, and the That's other, and advice. and they started smoking. And you look, you had moms; they didn't know any better then. World War II moms smoked during pregnancy, and we know that that led to low birth weight, uh, probably birth defects. I'm not qualified to confirm that, but I know I've read it. Contributes to asthma. Yeah, asthma, and yeah, very very challenging things. And, that, and, of course, in this pandemic era, if you had any of that stuff, asthma, you were now high risk in terms of not being able to tolerate COVID-19 right. as well as someone that did not have a, a diminished 
lung function, lung capacity. Jenny, your calls are always great. Anything else? No, but um, never heard of cancer in the navel ca- nasal cavity. That's, that's a new one for me. One of Thank the you for taking my call. Thank you. I have heard of it, uh, and it didn't necessarily have to be of the nasal cavity, but there are people that have had to have their noses mm-hmm. cut away, um, and they have prosthetic things, you know, to um, just to, to, to have, like, a, a presentable appearance. Um, Dr. Bob? What's happening that you would like to update us with? Well, we're coming up on our 14th annual bocce tournament. Date? Uh, October 8th. Day after the Hurley Charity Dinner. Yep, yep. And I won't forget that. Um, we, uh, we are, our sponsorship level is good this year so far. Um, we are, we are in need of some players still. Um, the, 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 the pandemic kind of gave us a, you know, we, we, one year we didn't have it. Um, I remember we we had it outside, but yeah. we didn't like promote it heavily. We had you know a few teams. We had it in Margate. At the is Boston this at Beacon course. Church? It is at Beacon Church yes. again, uh, where we had it last year. But it has been a challenge getting the um, people back out to it. I mean, we've we've done very well with sponsors. Yeah, they love it so much. I remember it, it was just gangbusters. Yeah, I mean, I, I think people are still hesitant to um, come inside for an event like that and uh, and be in close a, proximity. Yeah, and inside for yeah. hours at a time. And we had you know lots of older players, you know, senior citizens, uh, you know, people in their fifties, sixties, and up. Uh, we had people you know playing in their seventies and even eighties in the past, but. Um, uh, there was nothing we could do. We, I mean, we, we, we moved it outside the first year. Last year, we moved it back inside, and we will have it again at Beacon Church this year. So if there's anybody out there who's interested in playing, please give us a call. Uh, let us know, 609-272-0101. My extension is 12. By the way, I'm going to make a quick comment, and it's a polite comment. I don't want anyone to misconstrue it, and especially Ginny. Uh, the governor is my friend, and we're not fake friends. And we try to keep anything political away from Dr. Bob's program to begin with. So I was uncomfortable with that with that um, particular line of, of of commentary, and I jumped in to to try to stop it. Uh, and I stopped it in in friendship because I know Governor Murphy, and he knows he disagrees with me on certain things from a philosophy of governance standpoint. Point, and I disagree with him, but that doesn't matter. Uh, we're not fake friends. We're real friends. And I just can't allow, you know, anyone, let alone a good friend, to be said that they didn't care about, you know, people dying. And I know Jenny finessed it, but that's that's what you said. And it was about money and not about people's health. So that I I I took it the way I think any reasonable person would take that. And it's 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 one of those things where it's true to an extent that and it's 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 ironic because the government on one hand Fights like hell, Bob, on smoking cessation programs, courses, uh, media, commercials, all this. But on the other hand, they're collecting that tax money, and I don't know what they would do without that tax money. It's a conundrum, isn't it? It is. There's federal excise taxes. There's state and local taxes. Got to figure a way if we're really serious about not wanting people to ingest, to do this habit, this, this dirty habit this death, you know, potential habit that we shouldn't really, I don't, I mean, I understand, you know, the, the tax stamps and all these things that have been on cigarettes and all these things forever. But the whole model, in my estimation, Bob, is broken because if we really don't want people to do something, then we ought to 
find another way to monetize. Well, taxation does decrease use, especially in, in youth. Does it really? It does. It does. But I believe you when you say that, but it seems to me people will not eat and they'll go get that carton of cigarettes. But uh, expe- uh, cigarettes, when they were $2 a pack, many more youth were smoking them than they went now when they're True. close to $10 a pack. So Isn't that so crazy? It, it does price it out of the market for some people. I mean, and there's 10 packs in a carton, right? Mm-hmm. Like $100. It's insane. Yeah. And then there are people that have, how could people have, I mean, like a couple of packs a day type habit? So it's, you, like a, it's like if we do like the mortgage, math, it's almost a mortgage payment. It would be a mortgage payment. If you did two packs a day, one carton will get you through five days. Right. That's not even a week. So talking about 600 bucks a month. probably. Yeah. It's crazy. At least a nice car payment. <laughs> oh, my God. You could have the car of your choice. Yeah. And at the end of the year, you've spent whatever that is, $7,200. Mm-hmm. Ouch. Closing comments. We've got about three minutes. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting that we've seen as in- prices increase, taxes increase on tobacco, that fewer people smoke. Okay. So that is good. And we also have seen that the government has put more emphasis on using some of the tax money, not all of it, but some of it, on smoking prevention and treatment programs, programs like our Quit Center. So if anybody out there is listening and they say today is the day they want to stop using tobacco, smoking, uh, spit tobacco, uh, cigars, piped pipes, or possibly vaping. I mean, we, we have a Quit Center. It's an entirely free program funded by the New Jersey Department of Health. Please call us today for an appointment. Uh, you'll get a phone screening at first to find if you're appropriate for our program. We include free counseling, uh, free nicotine replacement therapy, and other prescription medication free of charge. And to you've help had, people you've quit had smoking. success. We've had hundreds of clients already. Just 27 new clients just last month, Harry. So the number is 609-804-QUIT. So there's a lot of people that want to quit smoking. Call 804-QUIT to so quit smoking. So important. And, and not today. Call it today. We make a plan. We, we set you up for, with a quit date. We give you everything you need, help along the way, follow up with you for months and months if, if needed. You know, I've seen people that they'll go up a flight of steps and they're... Well, I mean, can, that, that was I'm, me when, before I quit I smoking. I mean, just unbelievable. And when you quit and your lungs heal and you have vitality that you didn't have. I mean, we're not kidding. I mean, this is this is potentially as life-changing as it gets. You, after a certain number of years, you are essentially classified as a never smoker. Yeah, which is very cool. Yeah. Yep. So that you can read, you can, and, and then I know there are people, well, I'm not gonna do it. I've been smoking for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever many years. Stop. And never you too late. Will, yes, and you will have you will have improvement that will happen. Closing comment, final minute. Well, thank you for your support of our bocce tournament, Harry. Thank you. And I look forward Honor. to, to uh, coming here next month and giving you the, the tally of, of, of our event. And, uh, and I look forward to this relationship going on. Thank you. Uh, well, it's, a, it's a pleasure, Dr. Bob. And this is the Meg Linsner Memorial bocce tournament. And 14th annual. And we always know because you started the year after the Hurley yep. in the Morning Charity yep. Golf Open. Yep. Uh, we're very proud of you, Bob, and your entire team and the difference that you continue to make in the lives of many people in our community. And I'm already looking forward to the next month's program. Thank you, Harry. Good to see you, Dr. Bob. Uh, we go, and then the good news is we return in 19 hours and 54 minutes. Uh, we will see you, and we've already seen you uh, on the digital platform of WPG Talk Radio. 
95.5 through the app, through the website, WPGTalkRadio.com. A lot of important content, and there are a lot of really talented content creators, and it's always uh, new content all throughout the day. So check a few times during the day. You'll see that there is new content early in the morning. And then as the day goes along, right into the evening as well, many times, because wherever the news goes, you know, that's where it takes us. Um, So check us out there as well. Here is Brian Kilmeade. Have a great rest of your day.